Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. How's everybody doing? East Carolina girls are the best in the world. Booty, 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 booty Clip. Hey, man, good to see you, brother. You got to give me a sack, Chandler. Uh, give me a sack. Sack! Yes. <laughs> How about those freaking pirates? It's me, Amanda Garcia. Puedes pintar este violeta. Y'all are intimidating guys, you know what I'm saying? Y'all are famous, y'all are celebrity-type guys, and that's intimidating. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Welcome in to a Monday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here with you inside the Pirate Radio Studios, coming to you on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. You can find us on 1250, 930 online, PR927FM.com. And watch the show, be a part of the show on Facebook Live and YouTube. Are we up and running today? All right, good to know. I got a few internet issues, but I will be chatting with the chat folks coming up on youtube and facebook throughout this monday program shirley rhodes here chandler honeycutt the big dog glenn griffin and ellerby to my left coming up later on in the show ellerby went to ann arbor so did brian bailey we'll check in with double b coming up our number two of our show and jason nichols uh Rode along all day here inside the Pirate Radio Studios. Pre-game, watch party, post-game. We were here with you hanging out all day Saturday. We'll recap that with Jay Nick coming up in hour number three of today's show. NFL game week is here. And in some regard, for me anyway, the first ECU football game week is here. And I'll explain that. Uh, later on but Ellerby welcome in welcome back from Ann Arbor how you doing man uh I guess I'm gotten my feet under me it's uh just a crazy week last week getting the football season started with the great kickoff party on Friday on Thursday then flew out on Friday flew back Saturday night after the game and then uh, kind of recovered some yesterday and then uh, back at it today so it's a uh, it's a whirlwind but uh hey look it's game week again I guess as you're calling was last week week zero? Is that what you're saying? This is week one? Last week just never felt like a game. It never. It didn't feel like a real game. It was like an exhibition. The big dog's right here to my right. It, it kind of felt like a wrestling match where you had uh, the champion facing a, a jobber, and it was a squash match, and they even had their own refs in there. We had a ref bump where they missed six of 12 calls. That was discussed on the Brian Bailey show earlier and it felt like ECU just didn't have a chance. We didn't learn a whole lot from the game. I've had this Marshall game circled since the schedule came out, so I've been focused on this one. It was a look-ahead game for me last week. I'm excited about this one. At home, Dowdy Ficklin Stadium against uh, an opponent that is closer to your weight class, I would say, than the Michigan Wolverines. Yeah, I mean, you could def- the whole experience of the big house and, and everything, I mean, you, you felt definitely... I mean, Michigan is a big boy football. I mean, they're, they're, in their open, they run before the team runs out. They've won the most games of any team in college football. I mean, they have a lot of uh, proud alums, uh, 109,000 people crammed in a probably 80,000-seat stadium. So, I mean, it, it's it's a lot going on up at uh, Michigan. And uh, the Pirates were outmatched. And uh, But I thought the Pirates did okay in that match, uh, even though they had you know some adversity of – referees and uh, some other things but you never really the the vibe i got when i was there 
they, Michigan never really had any like huge explosive plays where the 109,000 all at once were like had taken over the stadium and were really really loud. It was just a lot of slow, steady punching all day, and, and the Pirates fought back and hit back a few times and had uh, some some moments. But uh, definitely, Michigan Michigan was bigger, stronger, and uh, the team that won thirty to three for a reason. Yeah, and uh, they're going to be there at the end of this thing. We'll see if they are a college football playoff team, a potential national uh, championship team in 2023. So for East Carolina, it's uh, and we'll recap some from the Michigan game. Obviously, we had uh, a lot of calls. We were wall-to-wall calls for a lot of that U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show on Saturday. And, and while we're talking about that, shout out to everyone uh, who was here with Shirley, Big Dog, Chan Man, um joey helping out danny bill bringing us reinforcements that was clutch during the pregame show awesome spread all day too uh with harvey's with fifth street hardware and uh wings over greenville so washed uh, it down with some celsius absolutely the the celsius got us going Jay, jason nichols a big fan of the celsius got him going and uh kind of needed it lrb coming in here early long day and uh, i had a smile on my face the entire day thanks to all the awesome food and the great celsius uh, that we had on saturday and uh kudos to the fans as well had a lot of fun interacting with the pirate nation before the game on the Bud Light pregame tailgate during the game. Uh, the watch party had a lot of folks hanging out with us, watching, talking about the game. And then, of course, uh, we had calls packed to the gills on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. So thank you, Pirate Nation, for uh, being a part of our Saturdays. You're a part of our week here on Pirate Radio Live and uh, looking forward to another big game day coming up this Saturday. Yeah, this week back at it, uh, Clip. Uh, noon for the Bud Light pregame tailgate. Four o'clock kickoff. No watch party this week. Uh, we'll be watching the party in Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. That's right. And then, uh, of course, right when the fourth quarter ends, it'll be the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter call-in show. So look forward to having a Pirate Radio tailgate zone set up at uh, Elmhurst School. And uh, Freeboot Friday is is back this week. So excited about that. So uh, we'll kind of get in the mood in the, in the seven-day forecast clip. Looking like a good football weather here in eastern North Carolina. It was it was a beautiful day in Michigan. No complaints uh, on the weather, and really no complaints of Michigan fans. They they were very gracious and and, and nice, and uh, certainly welcomed at least me everywhere I went. And then uh, also was you know very curious about where East Carolina was. And uh, the, the only negative I would say about the Michigan fan that sat in front of me is she was super nice. She, we went through the whole thing of Greenville, North Carolina, South Carolina. She was like, oh, that's great. I, I'm familiar. I've never been to the Outer Banks. And try to position it between the Outer Banks and Raleigh just to give some people some perspective. And then her very last question to me was like, well, that's really cool. And then she's like, are y'all Division One? Yeah. And uh, that's when I that was my welcome to the Big Ten Michigan moment where if it's really not Ohio State on the field or someone in their conference, I think they just kind of assume that uh, everybody's like not definitely not in their league. But I mean, she was very nice about it, not condescending or anything. But uh, I've read a lot online. There was a lot of backhanded compliments. uh, And then, you know, that that wasn't even. Yeah, I think she was just curious. I think she was just on really a fact finding mission. It wasn't it wasn't a a put down East Carolina any moment. It was just kind of. Like, it was a we don't know who you are right like, and and you know there's a lot of pirate fans that follow pirate radio follow us going on here and 
are kind of disconnected to the outside world of college football. I listened to a lot of national shows, and there was a lot of making fun of Michigan for playing East Carolina week one and saying uh, there was some, well, what's wrong with Michigan? They only beat East Carolina 30-3. to They didn't even cover the spread. That's kind of the perception of you're not in the big club, what they think about you. I mean, it's our job to you know make that uh make a name for ourselves but now east carolina i had the um the number lbr record all time against top 25 teams and i know we're you know we like to say play anybody anytime all that stuff anywhere but it's like 19 wins is that right less than that oh it is i'll find it here in Uh, a uh, moment the stat to consider that last game expiring field goal kept the pirate streak of the 313 games without being shut out of course the last time that was in jeopardy when dave doran was calling tom outs in raleigh and uh, david blackwell coached the game in the last game of the scotty mo era where the pirates kicked a last second field goal to not get shut out against the Wolfpack. did the same thing against michigan so i don't know if that gives uh, you any moral compass that we didn't have the big goose egg up on the uh, scoreboard yeah. but uh kind of a stat to consider there what's the, what's the one from the top 25 with the loss east carolina moves to 13 65 and one all time against ap top 25 opponents Mm. 13 65 and one and we could probably name almost all 13 if we sat here and thought about it long enough well virginia tech virginia tech and west virginia were two of them boise were they top 25 when we beat them north carolina i think was top 25 david glenn brought it up nc state's been top 25 maybe maybe even in the peach bowl yeah uh throw a syracuse in there miami miami multiple times at least two houston glenn says houston so yeah i mean we we can rattle off these names but uh yeah we've played ap opponents according to the ecu stats that would be 78 79 times and won 13 of those games marshall not in the top 25 this week but uh started as a pick em. now it seems they're uh like a point favorite to two well, points or three points depending on where chandler what'd you say today what'd you have marshall at uh not what I have it at, but Vegas has a minus three and a half on Man. the road in Dowdy Ficklin Stadium against East Carolina. Minus three and a half already? Marshall minus three and a half. It started out as a pick as we posted yesterday. It is up to three and a half now on the Marshall side. Mm. So how you feeling about that, Chan? Uh, hammer the money line. East Carolina. East Carolina's money line. Yeah, I'm, uh, I feel good about the Pirates on Saturday. Um Let's see, John's got a take from the game on Saturday. He said the defensive line pushed the NFL prospects around. I am proud of our Pirates. Was glad our group made the trip. We were not embarrassed by the number two team in the nation. We also showed we travel well uh, to all the, the whole conference realignment crap. Pirate Nation is ready. Good job, guys. The cream will rise to the top on the quarterback spot. At the quarterback spot, I love both. Douglas said, talk about the first Michigan touchdown. It was reviewed, and they came up with that. What do you want us to say? The the, the review people saw what we saw, and they called it a touchdown. Donnie Kirkpatrick on the Brian Bailey show earlier said they sent in like 12 calls, and six were said to be the wrong calls 50 percent. we're batting at a 50 percent clip here and, pay- and what good does that do no none nothing. nobody uh, that that is nothing it would be like michigan having to get caught for ncaa violations and they having to wipe this victory away from their record 
Same, yeah. same thing. I mean, it like does nothing. Do we get the win after the fact? It's like uh, when Louisville that can't claim the 2013 national championship or something. It's we like, all saw the game. They, um, they, they went through the bracket and won it all. So there is one that got overturned. That means a lot when it comes to an individual player. Jack Powers was ejected from the game in the second half uh, for a targeting call. That has been overturned, and he will be able to play in the first half. Well, that's good news. I thought he led with his hands, just on the replay I saw. I didn't. It definitely didn't. Didn't. I mean, and I could only see it on the screen up in the stadium. But uh, I mean, of course, the Michigan fans were like, "Oh, like you know." It like, looked bad because the quarterback left his feet. Right. And but just it, got ragged. But he looked like. I mean, definitely the part I saw that it was not helmet to helmet. It was more hands yeah. hands to either hands to helmet or hands to pads or something to push and anytime you know they're very everybody's so quarterback sensitive but uh, that's good news that he won't have to sit out the first half i think that's according to uh jill powers on twitter that's the yeah. only place i've seen that which i assume is his mother maybe well <laughs> so that's where we got that information yeah, i mean from. do you want to tell somebody's mom much less that, they're, no. that they're wrong in fact, that's my new source for all things ECU football, Jill I mean, Powers. I mean, we had Michael Winstead on the show <laughs> last right. week comment and yeah. say he confirmed to us that Isaiah Winstead did indeed get signed to the 49ers practice squad. So that's a pretty good source. If you say. are a parent or relative <laughs> of an ECU football player and you have information uh, for us, please share and we'll pass it along. Uh, uh, if, if Pam Brock tweets that Clip has been grounded for the weekend <laughs> and will not be able to go to the Marshall game, should I? Should that's I, a good source. That's I, a good source. Yeah. Another example, Denny and Julia uh, Hoover have let us know that that uh, Lane was signed to the the y'alls. So Denny's a good source. He gives me a lot of information and says, don't say anything about it. <laughs> All right, well, thanks, Denny. Appreciate it. Hey, Carter Spivey is going to join the y'alls, uh, but don't say nothing about it till like next Tuesday. All right, Denny. What do you want me to do with it then? Just sit on it? I can't sit on that information, but I did because, uh, you know, you got to respect the sources. Irving says, my experience with the fans was basically indifference or mild curiosity. (laughs) They're like, oh, look, you're cute in your purple over there. Where are y'all from again? I mentioned former uh, pirate Isaiah Winston a while ago. I've got a tweet from Brian Bailey about six minutes ago. He says, former Conley and ECU Pirate football quarterback Holt Naylor's is re-signing with the Seahawks practice squad within the hour, according to sources. Chandler, give me a Sam Ellinger, Texas. Uh, we're back. <laughs> back again. The crazy business of the NFL. LB. This is just the crazy relationship of the Seahawks and Holton. <laughs> I mean, let's not let's not let's break it down to another layer. There, we, we you know we sign you as an undrafted free agent. We praise you for the preseason game, the game that we were expecting you to play a lot in the first. The Packers, you get two minutes of playing time, almost win the game. Uh, you know, throws an interception at the end, makes the practice squad. Then gets cut. Now it's back on the practice squad. I mean, it, it, it it's a it's a whirlwind. If your name is Holton Nailers, every time the Seahawks, every time you see the phone ring and it's the Seahawks, you're like, what's now? Well, Morgan kind of gave us a hint on that Friday and said <clears throat> he still has a locker in the locker room, but he's not on the Seahawks currently. And the crazy but keep thing, that locker, you know, warm. Keep and his the, name up there. And the cool thing with Holton too, like like now he's I'm excited that he's back with the practice squad. Is it's not like they're going out and signing any other quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, they, they they waived him, you know, and then signed him, then cut him, and then. But it's not like they're bringing in such and such because he's now available because the Browns, Cowboys, or whoever else have, have let him go. So hopefully, this will be a practice squad position to stay, and then maybe an opportunity if Geno or Locke get hurt at uh, maybe he can move up onto the uh, fifty three. 
CL says, hey, I couldn't watch this weekend, but from the way it sounds, I'm excited to see this defense on Saturday. As am I. Um, <clears throat> did a good job against the run for the most part against Michigan. Uh, Michigan did have receivers running free a lot of times. And a lot of that, if East Carolina blitzes Michigan, it's going to get picked up and we're a split second late to the quarterback, which uh, McCarthy looked really good uh, and really accurate on Saturday. But against Marshall, against App State, against conference opponents, we're going to get to that quarterback a couple of times, unlike on Saturday against Michigan. Oh, there's no doubt. It, it was, I mean, it was definitely the, the talent and depth of Michigan was was very, very evident. And uh, this is, I mean, I'll agree with you. I mean, that, that was kind of like an exhibition game. It was kind of like, hey, East Carolina gets to travel to the big house and see what we, we could just never get anything going. I thought the first possession of Michigan when they went three and out and East Carolina got the ball on the other side of the positive of the 50, I thought that was going to be our moment to, like, really, if we were going to... At that point, we were in control. Oh, yeah. We, like, like, that was our moment to have a moment. And then what happened? We threw an interception. Yeah. And uh, the, all the the field that we had flipped and all that went outside of the window, and that is how you lose to those teams. Uh, the interception, and then they score, and then it's over or for just not, I mean, I don't even know if you, you win the game if we go down and get six there, but it's it's like you get them thinking at a whole nother – and we're thinking at a whole nother level at yeah. that point, too, if you're up 7 nothing in the big house. So oh, I, would, uh, I would have definitely been screenshot. I would have screenshotted that, uh, that, that score bug and just been like, we were up 7 to nothing against – potentially the a future playoff team stop the count national championship stop the count so but that's that's a moment that you have to have in your home stadium this week if you flip the field on marshall then it, 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 it's there's no and look our run game our, i love all our running backs but it, it was tough to run the ball on saturday too well I you're mean, going with a brand new pretty much makeshift offensive line and i was terrified of that and we couldn't it was like running to a brick wall for a lot of it but no sacks allowed I mean, that is a UBE stat sheet, stat to consider, I think. Win to Michigan did not allow a sack. Now, our quarterbacks were harassed at times, and that harassment led to Mason Garcia's interception where he had to throw it off his back foot. But no sacks is a really good stat. So, I mean, yeah, you can find some positives, even though Philly Al on the uh, postgame show was wondering where we were getting all these positives where, where's from. the positives here well, he's from philadelphia so yeah. i mean that 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 why that. didn't our fans throw batteries at the sideline mm. <laughs> <laughs> why didn't they boo santa before they, why did they boo the flyover you know uh so yeah there was some positives here and there but this is a big game this week i think huge i think this this is a measuring stick game for for east carolina home opener um and just an opportunity to get the get the 2023 season rolling because it gets you win this game it gets you the confidence going to a hostile environment in Boone the following week and then uh, you're back home again after that against Gardner Webb and then conference play boom you're right there so I, I think this is this Saturday East Carolina's got to come out and uh, start hot and get things rolling the question is who do you think will run out and be under center or in, or in the shotgun Saturday at 4 o'clock Clip Brock. I think they do what they did on Saturday and start Mason and play Flynn and uh, let's hear from our boy Jamie uh, who's here with us every day in the YouTube. Yep. He had sources sources that said Alex Flynn would start back in the spring. That Alex Flynn won the job in the spring and that he would start well jamie you were wrong your sources were wrong jamie's doubling down 
he says uh he's got more sources he said that sources say flynn will start saturday should have probably started against michigan Mm. so he's doubling down on it with his sources the sources said that he probably should have started against michigan yes so it's a source close to a source I, I don't know. To another source? He's got more sources than, than maybe he's talking to Alex Flynn's family. Is his source a horse? That's, of course, <laughs> of course. Uh, Jamie also said a two quarterback scheme does not work. Got to have one pull away sooner than later. That is Flynn. Ah, uh, I am in the minority. I'm okay with a two quarterback system. Who's really? Wow. I'm okay with the little cast Pinkney action. Wow. All I know is that team won championships. Pinkney did. What do you mean? Ultimately, Pinkney did? they went with Pinkney. And rode Patrick Pinckney. Well, how'd they get there? How'd they win those games? Ellerby, um, were you in a, a game called the Miracle in the Mineshaft by chance? I was. Who threw that game-winning touchdown? That was Rob Cass. Interesting. Because okay. they put him in because he had the stronger arm. Exactly. Two so, quarterbacks. Use them both. And that was in 2007, a year we didn't win the conference championship. Mason Garcia, but they beat Boise in the Hawaii Bowl. Booyah. With two quarterbacks. Yes, they did. So you start... Uh, Alex Flynn, and then you put in Mason Garcia for the Miracle in the Mineshaft play. you got to have both. Since we're not doing a depth chart, let's just put QB by everybody's name and play 11 quarterbacks. Why not? Everybody's our quarterback. So you're uh, you're, – a lot of people don't like the – and I get it, folks. Great. You saw a cliche once, and you're going to run with it. If you got two quarterbacks, you don't have one. You don't have one. All right. I've heard that. I know. I get it. Although the math doesn't really work out on that. Think about that. The 49ers last year had no quarterbacks and couldn't win. Is that right? No, they at went the to the NFC. damn <laughs> NFC Championship I know, game. But when they had no, but I think I think you got to. To me, I would. I didn't like it when when Gerard and Austin were they they would bring in you know Richard Austin for for a little bit. Well, I, I just, I'll say this: if we have David Gerard on the roster, then I would probably just roll with David Gerard. I don't think we have David Gerard on the roster. I, I don't know who. So who is your quarterback? I think, I mean, there's been a. I would, I would ride Mason Garcia, and just see what he see what he can do. I think his raw talent and skills. I just, I just feel like he he comes in. He's been in the program, and and Alex Flynn's been in the program too. But I mean, he comes with a lot of uh, a lot of hype. I, I just think let's let's see what he can do. Um, that that's just my. That's just my gut of of what I know, and I and I don't go to practice or right. you know, spend no, all the time yeah. that Donnie Kirkpatrick and all the other people. But if I was trying to, you know, build a system of what I mean, what Mason Garcia this summer went to the Manning Passing Academy and has done a lot. Of, I mean, extra work and stuff. I, I just I don't know. I just kind of feel like let's let's and he's gotten a lot of praise from this coaching staff over the last few years too. So I just think if. If it's up to me picking, I would go one quarterback, Mason Garcia. Let's see what he's got for three quarters against Marshall. And 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 if he's not, if it's if it's just a complete struggle bus and disaster, then 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 you know at that point maybe. All right. Uh, so you're going with Mason Garcia. John A. Brown says, "Thank you, LRB. Good grief. OC should have known. Good grief. Good grief." Joe says two quarterbacks is fine as long as they complement each other, not if both are bad and you can't decide. I don't think coming off of Saturday, I don't think both were bad. They weren't necessarily really good. They were just kind of there playing quarterback. I, don't think you really I saw know. good throws from both. Yeah, I, I just think 
to me, whoever you're going to pick as the starter this week, I would roll with them first and second quarter and not not have them have to worry about looking over their shoulder. Just say, look, Mason, you're our guy, or Alex, you're our guy this week. You're going to go out there and get it done unless he gets injured or something where it can't, you know. And then just tell the other one, be ready to go at any moment. And then, and I would build the confidence and the offense around that one person this week in practice and build the chemistry with the, I, I really wasn't impressed with our receivers at all. No, much. I had, had a lot of drops. I mean, so, I mean, there was a lot of things that were, you know, out of their control. So I, I just think I would just boost up the confidence of the quarterback this week of whoever it's going to be and let the team know that's what, this is what, this is our game plan. We're going to, we're going to ride this horse to a win over Marshall and look. If adversity hits and things change, and you got to make changes, then I, I would I would make those adjustments at halftime. So then you yank that guy, and then it's, I mean, I mean, it depends on what the circumstances are. If you're down thirty to nothing at halftime, yeah, or what? I mean, if it's if it's awful, I mean, if it's two, I mean, like I think I think that's where if you're Mike Houston and Donnie Kirkpatrick, you have your 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 levels of code orange red yellow whatever whatever it hits and when it hits that is when you go back you go to the to the backup quarterback at that point and, and to that like it's i think it's only fair to whoever starts to get let them get in the game flow and, and get the confidence that hey look you you're our guy we're going to go with you this is a this is a matchup this week that the odds makers obviously have as a pick them now maybe a three point but this is a this should be an evenly matched game and uh you you can play you know, mano y mano against Marshall. Let's let's roll. You're my guy this week. That's another reason Saturday felt like a preseason game where you play both of your quarterbacks and you're like, hey, y'all go see what you can do out there. Right. About, uh, yeah. And now you get to a real game. And what is the plan for a real game? And I, I would think, I mean, just my opinion would be like, I would say, hey, call somebody in today or yesterday and say, look, that was game one. This is what we did. This is what we've learned. And this week, we're going to go out and get our first win. And you're going to be the starting quarterback. Nice. And I'm going to treat you like that at practice all week. And I want you to run the practice like you're the starting quarterback and not be looking over your shoulder at the, you know, whoever the other guy is. Nick says, call plays that are to Garcia's strengths. Uh, Brian Bailey did ask Donnie Kirkpatrick. And uh, we got to take a break. But let's hear this real quick, Shirley. This was earlier today on the Brian Bailey show. This is uh, number two. And uh, talked about the plan at QB. After the game, Coach Houston said that maybe this is a team that will have two quarterbacks most of the year. Do you look at this week as a chance to see which quarterback plays better and that one starts? Or do you go into this week saying Mason's going to get the start again, three or four series in, we're going to go with Alex? Or, or what are your thoughts on as far as the quarterback position goes? Well, you know, we were we were in here discussing that early this morning about how we're going to play it out again and, you know, what we're going to do in practice, how we're going to rotate the guys and, Again, I don't know that uh, we have the total final decision. We're going to try to do what gives us the best chance to win. And uh, I do think it's okay to play more than one quarterback. I know some people probably agree with that. Some people don't. But, uh, you know, I, I think it is. Uh, I, I still remember winning the, the Hawaii Bowl that year when we had to play two quarterbacks. Yes, sir. It, it all kind of it all kind of started. So you, you don't do it a lot. You know, I, I wouldn't want to do it a lot. And I haven't done it a lot, but we'll do whatever it takes. I do think that there's some comfort in knowing that you do have more than one quarterback, though, that you believe in. I thought Alex did a really good job of coming off the bench the other day and giving us a little bit of a lift. He came in, he hit a couple throws, 
we moved the, all, the ball all the way down the field in, in that drive with him. Like I say, he had two balls that were dropped that he threw really, really great balls on. And I thought it gave us a little bit of a lift. At the same time, we came out in the second half and we didn't move it. We were a little disappointed in that drive. And, you know, I thought that Mason handled that well. It gave him the opportunity to get on the sideline and see the thing from a different angle and just to relax a little bit. And then when he came back in, I thought he really had a good fourth quarter. And uh, so that was encouraging. So uh, we'll we'll find that combination. It's not like you're playing the non-conference games and they don't matter because they surely do. But I do think that we'll have it worked out for sure by the time we do get into the conference play. Okay, so does that tell you they're going to keep going with two before they? It's almost like this is an extended fall camp. It's still a job. Well, here's trying to get. Here's here's maybe a better question. He said, "I remember the Hawaii Bowl when we had to play two quarterbacks. Did you have to play two quarterbacks, or you want to play two quarterbacks?" Right. I mean, that's that. There's there's two different ways. When you phrase the question, that do you have to play two quarterbacks with this team, or do you want to play two quarterbacks with this team? In my opinion, if Mason's a four star and he's been in the system and he's been here, well, you keep and, talking about the star. I know, right? but I'm just saying, just because he's been, he was a highly recruited player that came to East Carolina. Yeah, let let's unleash him this week against Marshall and see what he can do. Yeah, but the, the star, like what that that has nothing to do with anything right now. I know, but I mean, it it, it it says we went out and got a highly recruited quarterback that a lot of other people wanted, and it seems like we we haven't had really an opportunity to let him showcase his talents because he sat patiently. I agree with that. Behind, you know, and then look, the backup quarterback's always the mystery. It's always the mystery in NFL, college football, or whatever. They're sitting there, sitting there, sitting there. Uh, I mean, Jalen Hurts, the Tua thing happened, you know, and you saw Tua came in for Jalen. He got, you know, it's just let's let's unleash. This is a week right here that that should be mano a mano. Let's unleash Mason Garcia this week and see what he see what he's got, and then evaluate it from there. All right, that'll be that's my opinion. Oh, yeah, Hillary says unleash Mason. Jamie says unleash Flynn. I say unleash them both. Everybody's got a Chandler. What do you want to do at quarterback? I mean, traditionally, I won't. What do you want to do this week at quarterback? This week, ride both. I just go out there and just ride both. Wow, Chandler or ice cream? One flavor, vanilla. Vanilla, vanilla. This is ride this, both. This is more. I think this, this is, is more, more the, unique the, than. This is more the uh, the ice cream that has it split down the side. Neapolitan. Do, do you do you guys have it scheduled that that Alex or or Mason gets the fourth series, or do you? It's based on what the based on what's happening. Uh you go two series and then two series and then the uh, the one that played better starts the third. I think I don't know if I just want total chaos or not. And look, I like I, I, I love your take for sports radio because I think that, that's that, where that, I'm that, looking that, at it. That is freaking awesome. I mean, I love the quarterback controversy for what we do for social media for this show Maybe for the fifth quarter for that. the pregame show on Saturday. That creates intrigue. And and look, I'm pro issues. I love that. <laughs> I love that. If I if I as an East Carolina fan in me or whatever, I'm saying, hey, look, let's like let's ride, let's let's find our guy. And uh, the Michigan game, it is what it is. It's behind us. I'm I'm going with one guy this week until I'm going to ride or die with him. And then when things get nasty or ugly, then then we're going to make some drastic decisions. And the next Sunday, I'm going to have a conversation and we're going to say, you're the guy. Or we ride with the guy and it turns out to be great. You know, say, hey, what? It worked out. You know, at one point, Rio Johnson was named the starting quarterback and Shane Carden came in. 
you know, after a yeah. game and a half. They made that move very quick. So I, anything, I'm not saying you can't deviate from your game plan, but I, I just, under the full belief of incompetence and, and inexperienced quarterback play, that which is what we have with both, of game plan play, I would, I would ride one guy and prepare him and prepare him and prepare him for Marshall and get his mindset so crazy that he thinks he's going to run through a brick wall and that brick wall is going to be the Marshall Thundering Herd and he's going to score three touchdowns on his first three possessions. All right. You even made the comment the other day about when Flynn came in and he looked good. I mean, I'm going to be honest. Flynn looked very comfortable back there. He looked like he was in command. He looked like he had been there before. Um, and he had made some plays, even put one in the right in the breadbasket of Jari Patterson. He just wasn't able to hang on to the football. But you had mentioned maybe like, oh, is this a Shane Carden situation or is this a Shane Carden moment? And then it ended up being a, kind of like a back and forth between Mason and Alex Flynn. But I see what you're saying. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of with you from an East Carolina fans perspective. Get somebody, choose one person that you think can go out and win us a ball game. And let's ride with them. And if it doesn't work out, then you have to go that route, that second route. But I think what I like about this situation with these two quarterbacks is that they've shown that they can be a starting quarterback. They both have shown that they can win ball games or help us win mm, ball games. They had shown me that, not based on the Michigan game. I mean, I didn't. I didn't really. I mean, I just think this week I would. I would give one the best re- resources and chances to come out and say, "Look, you just look at me on the sidelines. Don't wor- worry about if such and such is warming up over there." Because he's not going to be warming up because you're going to be playing the first half. And then and then when you have the lead at halftime, you're going to be playing the second half. And after we beat Marshall, you're going to be playing the first half against App. And then the second half against App. Sorry, like Howard Dean. I know. And then we're going to go to the end of the Then we're going to go to Garden Web. And, and then come back for a Thursday night game. <laughs> and we're going to win the national championship. We're going to beat Michigan in the playoff. All right. There's uh, there Coach Ellerby's take and all of uh, your takes as well. And this will be a discussion that goes on until something is settled. And it might not be settled for a long time. Well, it sounds like by conference play it will be, according to Donnie Kay's comments right there. They hope. They hope. They hope. If not, it's going to be... A lot it's going to be a call. wild year. It's going to be a wild year, and we'll be here to cover it. I That's can guarantee right. you that either way. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. More to go. Hour one, Pirate Radio Live. Uh, ECU game this weekend, home game. It's a painted purple game. J.J. McLam from ECU Athletics will be here Wednesday at 3 o'clock. So uh, a lot of new things going on in the stadium this year. We talked to John Gilbert last week cashless uh, game day operations uh, parking all the other stuff all the details you'll need to know about that Marshall game will uh, get you up to speed Wednesday at 3 o'clock when JJ McLam drops by the studio so uh, maybe maybe he'll have the we'll have the uh, press conference on Tuesday yeah. to talk to coach Mike Houston about the uh, quarterback situation and more so full coverage all week East Carolina Marshall right here on the voice of the Pirate Nation take a break come back more to go Pirate Radio Live on a Monday after this
you're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Down on Main Street, Washington's favorite place to eat and where all the locals go. Join Down on Main Street every Wednesday for half-price wings from 4 p.m. to close. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Washington's favorite place to eat and where all the locals go is Down on Main Street. Down on Main Street's famous weekday lunch specials are only $7.99. You can stop by for the house salad with grilled chicken. The Half Club Sandwich with Chips are everyone's favorite. The Fried Shrimp uh, shrimp Plate. After work, Down on Main Street is the perfect spot for dinner and drinks on the patio. Join Down on Main every Wednesday for half-price wings from 4 to close. Down on Main Street on Main Street in historic downtown Washington. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. All right. NFL Week 1. Nothing gets me more fired up for Commanders football than a good old quarterback controversy at ECU. Usually it's my pro team. Now it's uh, the one in my backyard, my alma mater. Who's our quarterback? Great question, Tony. All I have to say is, how? Oh, we got our guy in Washington. No questions asked. <laughs> how excited are you? Sam Howell's about to sling it. How excited am I? You can never get too excited, Chandler. I have a question for about you. A, it's about a three. I have a question for you. What? You ready for this? Yeah. Are you scared that he's going to be, <laughs> that he's not going to do good? Are you scared? No, I'm not. Are you nervous? Uh, no, I'm not. Sam Howell's going to kill it. He looked good in the preseason. I'm going to go ahead and do. I'm going to go ahead and get my hopes up and let him come crashing down. Uh, but he is going to do well. How about East Carolina, folks? Mason, Flynn, both. Other. What is your uh, what do you want to see East Carolina do Saturday and moving forward? Let us know in, on YouTube, Facebook, uh, X, or you can uh, give us a call, 317-1250. We'll have overtime of the fifth quarter. Had a fun show on Saturday. Good calls. Appreciate y'all uh, checking us out and hanging out with us, and uh, we'll do it all over again coming up on this Saturday. Josh wants to see Flynn and he uh misspelled it like a lot of folks are doing f l y n n yeah i, I don't I come just, on guys i understand like if we're on a message board and and social media spelling players name wrong is just a national pastime it's just something people online do all the time it's, it happens josh you're better than that is this josh t yeah oh no he's better than that if he's he, way better than that. I'll say this. If you can't spell the guy's name right that you want, is he really a good quarterback? We got to be able to spell our, our quarterback's name. I'm trying to think of other former Pirates who uh, fans struggle to spell their name. Noah said play both for now. Clip, what's your record projection for ECU after ECU beats Marshall behind 400 yards passing by Mason Garcia? Um what's the question record projection oh eight and four six and six you're going eight and four mm-hmm. all right you're gonna meet in the middle and say seven and five seven and five all right that'll work i'll take that jamie says might as might as well add a third option at quarterback to make it really irritating to make it really interesting Adam says, give Mason another start, but I do like both until one can separate themselves. Adam, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with you. Right there with you. That's kind of where I'm at right now. Go until you find the guy and say, man, that guy right there is winning us a ball game. 
and rod there is uh and there's probably several downsides to it but one like bryce williams i know has talked about 2015 just a, a terrible circumstance with kurt benkert going down and you went with a combination of blake kemp and james summers that was so different though i could see where that would annoy pass catchers bryce said he would have rather have just gone with kemp you had this guy in blake summers or james summers that could play running back wide receiver he was never really able to focus on his main position here at east carolina because they had him doing so many things and and bryce said that he wished they would have gone that route put summers at either running back or receiver use kemp at qb and just rolled with it but they decided to to mix it up go with both you probably have you know receivers on this team that and it's their job hey if they're going to drop a ball it doesn't really matter who the quarterback is so they got to catch the football but uh it probably is a little smoother when you got one guy calling out the plays the signals and when one guy is practicing all week i mean that's probably the most important thing too is just having one guy taking most of the first team reps in this situation you are splitting those reps and uh, we'll ask you know mike houston about that on tuesday and donnie kirkpatrick about it on wednesday what it's looked like so far as far as splitting the reps go in practice yeah the, the biggest thing about this two quarterback situation that we're in right now and i keep thinking like and this this is all up to donnie kirkpatrick and and coach houston and donnie kirkpatrick mentioned it today on the brian bailey shows they've already met this morning of you know how the practice schedule is going to be with these two guys my biggest concern is like if your plan is to go with two quarterbacks i mean if let's say mason starts and mason just seems so in command and everything's clicking how do you go away from that yeah i, I mean how if, do you if the if mason starts saturday scores on his first two possessions you just roll you with just it. roll with that right yeah i mean th- that's the question or do we still see alex flynn in a situation or at that I mean, point, it, I'm going with Mason until they don't score. Exactly. You, I feel like you have to roll with, especially if it just looks too good. If it's just a, it's a, it's a drive that where it just looked flawless. He was connecting with several different receivers and Jalen Johnson or Patterson, um, you know, Kerry King or a guy we saw on, on Saturday that we that we didn't see a lot last year. The Duke transfer, Jarrett Garner. Um, I mean, yeah, I think it's it's vice versa. If it's Flynn that starts on Saturday and he looks good, I think you ride with that. I mean, obviously, if they don't look good, then you can pull them and, and plug in uh, Garcia or Flynn or whatever. Uh, but that's my biggest concern is do they go away from a quarterback that's in there and that is looking good uh, if the mindset and the plan is to have two quarterbacks out there? Kenny Curling says go with Mason, then run the ball, keep playing good run defense, and please cover a dang receiver. Josh has apologized for his error, realized his wrongdoing, and will work to be better in the future. And Josh, that is all we can do as a as a society. And I, I'm I'm going to give you kudos and for recognizing your mistake. Yes, and owning up to it. Yeah, and apologizing. No, don't, don't do it. Don't blame an autocorrect. Don't say I was hacked. Just say you know what that was me. That was me. That was old number one. John says, run with whoever is doing the work in the locker room with the guys. That's what it's all about. The athleticism will develop quick. Well, I feel like they're both good in the locker room. So you need to go to your next tiebreaker. (laughs) And that's performance on the field. Yeah. And how do you know who performs on the field when one of them doesn't get enough time? We're just in a giant quandary here, folks. 
Yeah. It's a giant riddle. Uh, Adam says we have to keep in mind Mason did make his first start at the big house in front of 109,000. I think uh, most fans are cognizant of that. And that's a pretty nerve-wracking experience. It's going to be a lot different when ECU's at home against Marshall. We're going to have a good crowd for that, right? Are y'all going to the game? Y'all better be going to the game. Raise your hand. This is the game. Well, I'm, I plan on going. I'll, I'll be there. You going? Uh, Jamie says the major downside for two quarterbacks is the obvious. You don't give them enough reps to separate themselves. I, I agree there. But then you lost me on this last part. And mentally, they don't have eye of the tiger. The hell does that mean? What is the eye of a tiger? Mentally, they don't have the eye of the tiger. I'm going to need you to speak clearly and not in 1980s Rocky cliches. Um, I'm going to say that maybe their confidence is not as good. Is that what he's trying to say? I don't know. I'm just trying to pick the comment apart. I don't know what the eye of the tiger... Let me look at the song and maybe I can read the lyrics. It's the thrill of the fight. (laughs) Rising up to the challenge. All right, let's look through these lyrics. Rising up, back on the street, did my time, took my chances. Okay. Uh, Mason Garcia did his time. He's waited. He's waited his time. So has Flynn. And took his chances. He went the distance. Now he's back on his feet, just a man and his will to survive. Okay. All right. So right now, Jamie's saying these guys don't have the will to survive. So many times it happens too fast. The defense is coming at you fast. Everything's going 100 miles per hour. You change your passion for glory. Change your passion for glory. That didn't make any sense. Don't lose your grip on the dreams of the past. You must fight just to keep them alive. So don't think about, man, I wish I could have gotten to this game in 2021. That's in the past. I wish I could have gotten to this game in 2022. Uh, no, your time is now. Yeah. It's the eye of the tiger. It's the thrill of the fight. Rising up to the challenge of our rival. And the last known survivor stalks his prey in the night. And he's watching us all with the eye of the tiger. Jamie, I completely understand what you mean now. (laughs) Well said, Jamie. Well said. Thank you, Jamie. If I'm Mike Houston, I'm putting Mason... I'm putting Mason and Alex Flynn in a room. I'm locking the door, and I'm playing that song on repeat until one comes out. You know what I'm going to do? I want to put them in a room, put a tiger in the room with them. Oh, yeah. And, and see who can come out. And who and who can survive? Who comes out with the tiger's eye? There's a cougar in the car. Tiger, Garcia, Flynn, door locked, music blaring. Who exits that room with a literal eye of the tiger? That's who I want my starting quarterback to be. The problem is this. What if they both come out with an eye? Then you're back to square one again. (laughs) Then we did all this for nothing. All right, they're both out, but who has the eye? It's like, well, I have the left one. And then Garcia's like, I have the right one. And it's like, all right, I guess it was meant to be. Jamie says, whichever quarterback comes on PRL each week starts. Now we're going the local politics bud route. That worked for us last year. Maybe that's how we figure it out. Now, the question is, did Morgan adopt one of these guys? <laughs> did Morgan adopt Mason or Alex Flynn? 
And if that's the case, whoever that is, is the starting quarterback. All right, Josh, I'm not going to read that comment, but that is a um, a shot at one of my typos that I had Uh-oh. on Saturday. But I'm not going to read that comment. Uh, Steve says, have Mason and Alex drag a sled through the Siberian snow-capped mountains to see who is stronger? I mean, there's a lot of ways we can solve this quarterback situation. I don't know why we're not doing all this stuff. Michael Winstead said, Chandler is crazy. Chandler, you crazy. I'm crazy. I got a question for Michael. Oh, we got to take a break. Take a break. Shirley, get a break. Break, break, break. Jonathan's going to have my... Is uh, are the Panthers on the preseason dumpster juice list? I'm gonna say no. No, for now. I'm gonna say no. But it's starting to look ugly. Something I hate. Well, really, I kind of enjoy seeing other teams go through this when it comes to holdouts, contract situations. The first day of the first week of the NFL, Panthers going on the road to Atlanta comes Sunday at one o'clock. And Brian Burns is not at practice. Hmm. He is in the building. He is in the building at Bank of America Stadium, but he is not participating in practice. Hmm. They're trying to figure out if that is a contract situation. Uh, there was a quote from Frank Reich that kind of concerned me, saying, "Do I hope that he w- do I hope that he's out there playing for us against Atlanta come Sunday? Absolutely. But if he's not there, oh well, we'll move forward. Don't like that quote. We'll take a break. Come back. More to go. Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Pirate Water. Get ready to party, pirates. Go to drinkpiratewater.com to find your new treasure. 21 and older only. Pirate Water. Why be yourself when you can be a pirate? Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business organization or event? We'll keep it local and print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live here on a Monday. Coming off week one. Short seg here. Short seg alert. Looking at the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by DeBuck. DeBuck. Coming up tonight, Clemson at Duke to wrap up week one of a bit of an underwhelming college football slate. The game of the day was Colorado and TCU, and we didn't get to watch a lot of it because we were watching ECU Michigan. Um, for those of you that don't like Deion Sanders and are tired of Deion Sanders, uh, thoughts and prayers. Sorry. Because they're here. <laughs> They've been coming all offseason long. Well, they're here now. Uh, hey, hey, boss man. <laughs> hey, hey, boss man. Oh, you, you, no, 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 no. No, I don't. You, I, 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 look, I keep receipts. I know it, that joke of an article you wrote. Dion was talking his talk. It was a little much for one win, but then again, if uh, a national college football writer that is respected said I had the worst roster and uh, all of whatever, Power 5, FBS. He came after his son, his quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I, he I, threw. I love uh, the junk talk aspect of sports. So 
I'm uh, I'm on board with it. He was on Pat McAfee's show today and apparently said that they went to a camp and TCU's offensive coordinator was there or something like that and uh, said that he paid no attention to Shadur. Shadur. And Shadur wanted to go out there so bad and prove him wrong. Shadur. Not only did he get the win over TCU, he threw for 510 yards. Four, intercept, uh, four touchdowns, no four interceptions. Four touchdowns. 38 of 47. But I think, despite Dion, despite his son being the quarterback throwing over 500 yards, despite them ha- not having a chance to beat TCU, their national runner-up last year, the story out of that football game, the Heisman, is a guy that we is a guy that plays football like we haven't seen ever. since probably Dion. No, ever. Dion, played, Dion was not the number one receiver when he played receiver. Travis Hunter is. Travis Hunter was the story out of that game. He is uh, Otani. We haven't seen that. 125 snaps total with like 60 on offense, 50 on defense, or vice versa. 11 catches, 119 yards, and had the highlight of the weekend with that interception. Had the interception that where TC was looking to go ahead with like maybe six minutes to go in the third quarter. Gets the interception. He can do it all. This kid is crazy. Now, you have to go back. He was committed to Florida State, Dion's alma mater, the number one player coming out of high school, period, and flipped to Jackson State, played there last year, and then was on the bus, uh, was part of that Louis Vuitton bag that uh, Dion brought to Boulder. So, I don't know. We, uh, we, we all had our eyes on that game going into Saturday just because it's Dion's first time. It was on my pure curiosity list. I was shocked um, at that outcome. I was shocked at that game. And now, um, I'm not going to be shocked when Nebraska beats Colorado this week and boring Matt Rule gets the win over Dion. Man, there was something I saw on Saturday. <laughs> was, no, they played on Thursday. Shirley, hit the music. We got to uh, take a break. But a post-game press conference after loss. Mm seen that before the same old same old if we did this we were the better team in the fourth quarter you miss a play here you miss a play there if you execute here we do this the same old Matt rule excuse train after a loss Skip said so FSU thumping LSU means nothing all that matters is Colorado wow Skip Skip My, my goodness man calm down Skip I hate to say this I hate to ask this question. Are you a moron? Simple yes hey, or no. Hey, looky here. Hey, hey, Skip. Come here. Hey. Looky here. Looky here. Looky here. Are you a moron? Come on, Skip. Just a yes or no question. That's all I got for you right now. We'll be back. Hour two. Brian Bailey and more after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Caliber, Eastern North Carolina's premier outdoor shooting sports store for over 60 years. Visit carolinacalibercompany.com to shop today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Greenville Utilities Neighbor to Neighbor program provides help for those who need temporary assistance with their utility costs, and you can make a difference. Your tax-deductible donation can be added to your GUC bill each month, 
or you can make a one-time donation and GUC matches all donations up to $20,000 each year. Consider helping a neighbor with GUC's Neighbor to Neighbor program. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live. Kaz said, hey, just joined the stream. What did I miss? Everything. David says, reminder, the Michigan game was Garcia's second start. Thank you for reminding hey, us, David. Reminder. Thank you for that. Previously started against Navy in 2020. <laughs> Thank you for that there reminder. As we all know, the Holt Nailers false positive test. But here's what he said. As a fan, he looked the same just three years later. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. What does he mean by that? Eric said, I bet Dion was really enjoying the smell of his own farts in the locker room after that win on Saturday. I bet Dion was eating beans, (laughs) eating a Mexican. I'm eating beans, baby. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be smelling that. Eating a burrito. Just so he could smell. What's up, boss man? Just so he could smell his own toots. Coach, what are you doing over there? Just hold on. David says, who cares about Dion? If you want to chat about Dion, go to a Colorado chat board. <laughs> All right. Everybody relax. Hey, hey calm down. We bring up hey. Dion and people go insane. It's football season, man. Everybody relax. We're going to get in a little bit of everything. Brian Bailey joins us on the Pirate Radio Live line. I think. Uh, well, now oh. he is. Now Brian Bailey joins us on the Pirate Radio Live line. BB, how you doing, man? Good. How you doing? Doing good. Uh, Donnie Kirkpatrick on today. Did uh, you get any more clarity on the quarterback situation when talking to Donnie earlier today? No, I think you're going to see both quarterbacks for at least a couple more games and to see which quarterback does the best job of moving the football and, and moving the Pirates into the end zone. I think, you know, playing the second-ranked team in the country and a, and a Michigan defense that, that is really, really good was a tough test. Would have been a tough test for any quarterback, but two relatively well mostly inexperienced quarterbacks in in purple and gold uh they didn't fare all that well against them obviously and i think you're just going to keep seeing uh seeing both of them for a while i think mason will probably get the start again although donnie didn't say that but i think you'll see mason first again and then you'll see uh, flynn after that well this is an opinion show and uh also a factual information show and we don't have all the facts on it so we are giving our opinions what would coach bailey do with the pirate quarterbacks if you were the head coach well there's a couple of different thoughts on the deal i mean i think mason obviously was the higher you know highest recruited quarterback i think we've ever had and you know you got to give him a good long look at some point um obviously though the idea is to win football games and to have this team you know do the best that they can with whoever's at quarterback so you kind of see both sides of it. I mean, I, I don't know if Mason's really, really struggling. I think you got to get him out of there because you don't want to destroy his confidence. Uh, the quarterbacks combined only threw one pick, and that was Mason's pick early on. And that was a big play in the game. It kind of shifted the field and and kind of took the part momentum, a little momentum they had the whole day. Kind of took it out of it. But uh, I think I think you get Mason in there and make sure you give him a good long look. Brian Bailey joining us. Bailey, I've said that that last week felt like uh, an exhibition, a scrimmage, um, a wrestling match, kind of the the champion versus uh, an unknown wrestler, and and that uh, that champion even brought his own referees, uh, a referee to that wrestling match. Uh, this one feels more like we're fighting in our weight class against Marshall. And look, I know ECU prepared for it as a 
a regular game, a game they wanted to win to try to get the national spotlight on them, upsetting the number two team in the country. But I've had this one circled against Marshall. This is the one that you got to get. It'd be tough to go into App State 0-3. So I don't know if must win is the the phrase I want to put on it, but this is a very important game coming up at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium on Saturday. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, they would, if they fall, they would be 0-2 going to App State and, and right. 0-3 staring them in the face. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right. I mean, and all the coaches, they say the same thing. Every The next game is the most important one, but that's the one on the schedule. But I see your point because this is a tough September, and we knew it was going to be starting with Michigan. And, and I think most people looked at, you know, the, the two games here, App State and, and Marshall, and you hope to win both of them. But we all know, you know, App State's really a really good football program, and winning there is going to be difficult. I think their best shot probably is is the home game against Marshall. But then, you, you know, you're still looking at trying to get your quarterback some confidence. Speaking of confidence, positives, what did you take away from the game against Michigan? That uh, We'll start with optimistic and then get into some worries. But what, what made you optimistic coming out of that game on Saturday? Well, I think the defense really flew around and really, you know, Michigan didn't show a whole lot, but I think that when you look at everything that that, that Michigan has, they, they really didn't just run it down the Pirates' throat. The Pirates held their own at times in the deal. So I think that that's a positive you can take away. And I think that the fact that, that you know, offensively they didn't turn the ball over but the one time, I mean, that's usually a really big big deal as far as, as what you're trying to do as far as holding on to the football and that kind of thing. So uh, it's just, you know, there are positives for sure. And you're playing the number two team in the country. I mean, if you're playing, you know, if you do all this against a Marshall or an App State, then you got some things to worry about. But you got to remember, this is an elite team that you're playing against. Any uh, concerns pop up? Again, we have to factor that we're 36 point underdogs and all that. But anything, uh, I don't know, maybe things you want to see improve upon week one to week two. I think obviously they got to run the football. And I think, again, trying to run against the number two team in the country, but they know. That offense was going to get going. You get you'll get your quarterback some more confidence if you can run the football. So, I mean, I think that's that's the big thing you got to look for. All right, BB Brian Bailey, East Carolina, and Marshall coming up. We'll be with you at high noon uh, on the Bud Light pregame tailgate, four o'clock kickoff after the game. U.S. Sailor fifth quarter Collin show. Bailey, it'll be nice to have the first home game of the season. How about the uh, the trip to the Big House for uh, a guy that's been in a ton of big venues, big games? Where does uh, your trip Saturday rank amongst those? I think that ranked right up there as far as as far as what what you know as far as trips that I've been able to take. I mean, I remember going to Georgia years ago. Uh, that was one of the best ones that I've taken. I did not go to Tennessee the year the Pirates played uh, the Volunteers, but uh, I just thought it was it, it was really incredible because I love the history of football anyway. And I got to you know they have some some different uh, you know stuff on the wall, just images and stuff they put up there with the different uniforms Michigan's worn and. You think back of the history of Michigan football, and you think back to all the big games that have been played in that stadium, and both teams coming out of the same tunnel. And, you know, last year they had a little problem with Michigan State in that same tunnel. So, I mean, it, it was a lot of history there, and I really enjoyed that. Good deal. Good deal. Brian Bailey joining us on the Pirate Radio Live Line. Um, all right, I want to talk a little more college football. we got a uh, Cowboys question coming in your way to make sure I get to before you get off. Um uh, the highlight of the weekend and you were in the big house while this was going on but colorado 
and Dion and Dion's son and Travis Hunter uh, going to TCU and beating the team the way they did uh, that played for a national championship uh, last year. That was one of the the highlights of the weekend. Last night, Florida State putting it on LSU really pulled away late. Uh, obviously, one of the highlights. There was It was kind of a subdued week one, I would say, for the most part. Not a lot of great games, great finishes. You had uh, Wyoming beating Texas Tech in overtime. That was fun. But I don't know anything outside of East. I'll, I'll bring this up. I didn't bring it up week one. Uh, hour one uh north carolina's defense holding down south carolina spencer rattler had some big numbers but it didn't equate to anything no touchdowns and i think north carolina's defense was the story the other night knocking off south carolina any uh storylines coming out of week one outside of ecu and college football for you well i think Dion. i mean he's, he's obviously full of himself right now and we'll see what happens when he loses a game which is going to happen down the road but i was glad to see it I and mean, i thought that was a that was a neat deal for that I think the uh, chokehold that Mac Brown, uh, <laughs> that's not a lot of folks talking for sure. Yeah, what was that about? He had his uh, his hand around Shane Beamer's neck. I believe it was probably a sign of, uh, I don't know, admiration or something. But the still photo, like he was about to do a choke slam. Yeah, he did. And it was it was really hilarious when you think about it. I mean, it was, it was uh, you know, I, I'm sure it was, uh, you know, terms of endearment kind of thing. But still, it, when you look at it, it looks like he's joking him. All right, B.B., Excuse me. I just did a great Brian Bailey sneeze. I should have got that on uh, mic. Uh, let's see. Who asked the question? It was Kaz. BB, I just want to know if the Cowboys will win or lose due to a Dak interception on Sunday night. They will win because of Dak on Sunday night. Next question. Next question. Uh, last year was a, an odd one for Dak. It was not a good one. How are you feeling about the boys and Giants on Sunday night? Well, I, I think he'll be much improved. Obviously, yeah, you know, they he forced in some passes that he shouldn't have, especially in the playoffs. And I'm not even worried about the regular season. They usually handle that pretty well. But yeah. Once you get to the playoffs, they got to figure out a way to win. And I think that's the next challenge. They got to figure that out. Um, NFC East, the, the Eagles going to repeat Bailey, or you think your guys or the Giants or my Commanders can catch them? I don't think much of the Commodores, although good Ron Rivera as a coach. Uh, I think the Cowboys are as good as the Eagles. I think they're very even. I think those two games in the regular season mean a lot. You know, and whoever stays healthy, and that's what it comes down to with some of these teams. It's whoever stays healthy. I am. Uh, I'm fired up for uh, NFL Week One coming up this weekend. Brian Bailey's got to set his uh, fantasy lineup, which as long as Dallas is playing, you'll be all right because you got their whole damn roster. <laughs> That's right. They'll be fine. <laughs> All right, BB got the Brian Bailey show coming up at six o'clock tonight, talking to Donnie Kirkpatrick. Before we leave, uh, you, you missed all the the high school action on Friday night. It was fun to hang uh, see you at the party on Thursday, hang out with you before you left town. But um, what did you miss from the high school slate? What, what I saw Rose lost, Conley lost, North Pitt good win over South Central. Uh, anything kind of surprise you when you were watching that from afar the other night? Yeah, I think that was the one that really surprised me. Uh, I, I knew Rose was going to have problems with Northern Nash. I mean, that Northern Nash is really, really good. Rose fell behind, I think, 21 nothing and came back, but still lost by a couple of touchdowns. North Pitt knocking off South Central. So, I mean, South Central's, you know, 3A school, and North Pitt able to beat them. South Central's much improved with uh, Chris Cherry coaching them, but I think that's a big win for, for CJ and company. So uh, that was big. That was certainly big bb good stuff man uh we'll be talking to you on saturday and uh who knows i might see you in a local establishment sunday and talk some junk to you sounds good looking forward to it see you man there he is brian bailey joining us on the pirate radio live line 
All uh, right. Clip. Well, you got it, Shirley. I was just going to say, you were talking about high school football. I think you failed to mention one other school uh, that might have been a surprise, and that was no, my no. Farvel Central Jaguars. No, they didn't who play. Who hung 61 points that on was, Friday night. That was a basketball game, right? No, that was a that football game. That was a football game. score? That is a foot 61-6, I believe, was the final score. Hey, so. Chandler. Let Ron cook. Uh, let Ron cook. Let the man eat. Let Ron what? <laughs> let Ron cook. Let him cook. Let him eat. You know, I joked with Larry Williford at the party Thursday. I said, is Farmer Central a football school? And it he said, used to be. He said, I hope so. Yeah. He said, hey, if they keep doing it. Wait, is Larry here? Yeah, I'm right here. Hey, Coach. How you doing, man? How about them, how about them Jaguars? Coach, could you keep it down? I don't want you to blow the ears off everybody. Just quiet down a little bit. Uh, man, Jaguars look pretty good on, on Friday night. 60, 61 points. That's crazy. <laughs> oh, I hope Larry's not listening. Cause I hope are he you is. Are listening, Larry? Larry's awesome, man. He's no, cool. I love him. Very cool well. dude. Fun to talk to. And one hell of a basketball game. And I spoke to him at a normal uh, at a normal tone at the party, but you get him on the, the air, and he's... Uh, he sounds like he just woke up. Coach, you just won your 37th game in a row in basketball. How's it feel? Oh, it feels pretty good. Can't wait, wait to win 38. We played pretty well. We got some things to clean up, but, you know, it's all right. I think he needs to take the Diet Mountain Dews that he drinks on the sidelines. I'll give him a Celsius. And uh, he, he, he needs to start drinking them outside of the game. He is a true, like, two-face, like, two, oh, like, two he personalities. He so flatline when he's and, not, yeah. yeah. When he's not coaching, he's so flatline. He's just real chill, laid back, and then you put him on the, on the court, and it is like Jekyll and Hyde. Skip says why talk about dallas talk about teams who consistently win skip skip <laughs> are you listening skip 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 skip, skip. all right skip listen skip skip i'm what we're about gonna do is we're gonna have to turn and turn some more <laughs> hey, and when we're done turning we're gonna skip. turn again different skip. and then after we've turned two or three more turns we're gonna turn them all into turns skip i'm tired of you Telling us what to talk about on this show. Maybe this show is not for you. Don't tell Skip to leave. He's been a loyal listener. I know, but what do I tell him in this circumstance? When we bring up a sports topic and he says, don't talk about that. How am I supposed to handle this? Ignore him. Uh, Which he does hate that. <laughs> yeah, he if does, I ignore he does him, hate he'll that. spam it, the damn chat room. He does hate that. He's like, y'all. Skip. He's like, Clip doesn't talk to the chat. <laughs> He's done that. Skip. 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 Are you serious, Skip? We are laboring on Labor Day. By the way, I don't even think I read uh, Pike's comment. He said he liked the stream. Thank you, Pike. And he said, I thought y'all might take the day nope. off. Nope. Pike. Are you a moron? Pike. Uh, look, no, Chandler, I'm just kidding. Chandler asked it before I, I no, could. No, Pike. Pike, that was a joke. The day off Monday after week one of college football? No, sir. The Monday heading into week one of the NFL and we're going to take it off? The only <laughs> thing I'm taking off is my pants because I am excited for hey, football. here's a normal laugh. <laughs> here's a Gus Johnson laugh. Ha-ha! <laughs> Gus was... <laughs> Gus was feeling it on Saturday. Shador Sanders. Travis Hunter. Little Prime. Listen to this TCU crowd. By the way, you uh, brought up Rick DeBrew, the rocked up guy. Made a couple. He had a He didn't make loss. enough tackles. You know who single-handedly killed me the other night? Um, 
Malik Fleming. Malik, man, I, yeah, he had two interceptions. And a punt return for yeah. touchdown. Was it for a touchdown? I'm pretty sure. Oh. I'm pretty sure. Was it for a touchdown? I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure. I thought I saw it was like a 46-yard punt return to set him up for a touchdown. Oh, it could have been that, but Chandler. I, but I could be wrong, too. Who do you think's right? Who do you think's wrong? I don't know. He's a shock. All I know is that was one of the best picks I've ever made in my life, that UTSA pick. I've heard a, a gambling term cliche before that – you know, I've never made a bad bet. It's the players that coaches that let me down when I'm on the right side of it. Um, yeah, he did not have a touchdown. So you were right, Chandler. But I made a genius pick on this UTSA Houston game. How was I supposed to know that Frank Harris in year 12 at quarterback was going to throw three interceptions on three straight possessions? All that happened, and they still lost by three. I still had a chance to win. So I was all over it i had a great pick in that game yeah i was at AJ's. the problem is the players let me down gosh i had i was at aj's and man what a setup i had at the table so i had the houston utsa game to the left in the middle i had the usc unc game to the right i had penn state west virginia and i every time i looked up at that houston game it looked like houston was trying to pull away and i'd be like well next time i go and check out that game it's liable to be a blowout nope utsa was just hanging in there hanging in and hanging in there and of course i was seeing I mean, a former yeah. pirate produce in malik fleming malik fleming a guy like malik fleming you got a guy like malik fleming i was right on the uh fresno purdue game in fact my game my games to watch last week i gave y'all a pretty damn good list i don't know if i can find that amongst my hundred papers here a lot of papers look how many papers surely we'll take a break he's almost halfway there i'm living on a prayer <laughs> oh can't find it in this stack maybe it's in another stack <laughs> look at this man <laughs> oh here we go oh there it is favorite right, games right, right there in the middle of it <laughs> glory ho right. i can't tell you how many ah, times ah, in my ah. life when i have had it handed to me in a lot of different ways but I went back to work, got up on Monday morning, and there it was. Glory hole. <laughs> game week, Jerry. So my game of the week, UTSA at Houston. Awful football game. Pick. Interception. Dana Holgerson acting like a pure jackass on the sidelines. They got a terrible spot UTSA did late in the game, and Holgerson's doing a first down over there like a freaking buffoon. But it ended up being a tight game, went down to the wire. Coastal at UCLA. Coach Mack thought this one might get away from the Chanticleers. It did not. They huh. stayed within the number. I'm going to take a little credit for that. Another game on my list, Fresno State at Purdue. I said this feels like a Bulldogs go to West Lafayette, pull the upset. That's exactly what they did. My other one was UNC South Carolina. That one kind of stunk. Uh, and that's because UNC showed up and decided to play some defense. So uh, three out of my four were good tight games the other one uh north carolina kind of ran away with it jamie i'm in a pick em contest i did not realize until after week one you're picking the line too my goodness jamie i wouldn't admit that there's a lot of things i would admit to people that is not one of those things let's take a break when we return i do have some games to watch week two we can dive into that we can talk about Hey, you know what? Skip. 
Are you listen, skip, skip, skip. You have been critical of the topics I'm bringing up on this show, this sports show, this football show. I'm so excited football's back. I'm trying to talk some football with the fellas. And apparently you don't like my topics. What do you want to talk about, Skip? Skip. In fact, next segment is going to be YouTube and Facebook requests. The request line is open. What do y'all want to talk about? Give me a topic. Give me a team. Give me a game, a prediction. Jamie, Skip. CL. Pike. Randolph. Steve, Eric, Kenny, you still around? Johnny, Josh, what do y'all want to discuss? I'm going to do a listener appreciation Monday when we return. Johnny Stant says Tulsa, UAB, and Tulane's quarterbacks combined to throw for twice as many touchdowns as they did incompletions. (laughs) Johnny, of all the random stats you've had, that might be the most random. Will has a question after week one. Who looks like the team to beat in the American? I'll have that answer when we return after these words. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Caliber, Eastern North Carolina's premier outdoor shooting sports store for over 60 years. Visit carolinacalibercompany.com to shop today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you have real estate questions about buying or selling residential or commercial properties? Are you curious about the current real estate market? Or do you need a property manager for rental houses? ECU alum Scott Harris with REMAX and SD Harris Properties can help answer every question you have have and show you a stress-free real estate experience that will be memorable and enjoyable. If you have real estate questions, Scott has answers. Call him today at 347-1857. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All right. This is your segment, Listener Appreciation Monday. What's on your minds? Let me address Will's question. And... All right, I'm going to answer your question the way it's asked. After week one, who looks like the team to beat in the American? It looks like after one week of action, that team is the team that won last year, Tulane. Because I had USA going in there and winning that game. And they hung around, but man, Tulane looked really good. Really good. Really good bunch. Uh, Let me pull up some numbers on Pratt. Michael Pratt, 294 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Not bad. Uh, they won 37-17, to 17, opened it up there in the second half. Uh, so that would be my answer. I don't know how you could look at – you. I guess you could be impressed with UTSA's defense, especially after giving Houston three interceptions in a row and still only giving up 17 points. So from that perspective – UTSA, my team to win the American, looked good, but man, they got to they got to pick it up on offense. Three picks from Frank Harris. He's not going to do that a lot, but I was very disappointed in UTSA, and they should have put way more points on the board. Should have won that game. That was gross to watch. So uh, 
my answer is Tulane. I don't see how it couldn't be Tulane. Uh, what did Memphis beat with Bethune Cookman? SMU 38 14 over Tech, Louisiana Tech. So, yeah, easy answer is, uh, is Tulane. Uh, let's see. John says Pirates 10 and 2, Braves World Series champs. All right, John. I'll have what you're having. I am on board with that. All right, let's see what's, uh, what people want to talk about on YouTube. So I gave Skip an opportunity, what he wanted to talk about. By the way, Chandler, do you have a graphic up? Fleet Feet Rundown, brought to you by Fleet Feet. Are your feet a little sore after week one? It's probably because you don't have the right shoe on your feet. Go to Fleet Feet. They got that 3D foot scanner that measures your arch height, width, and more. 207 East Arlington Boulevard, Old Gordon's Golf Location, Fleet Feet. They run for you. Skip says he don't want to talk about Colorado. Oh, Skip wants to talk about NC State here on Pirate Radio. Interesting. Skip wants to talk about Notre Dame at NC State. Can I get a line on that game? Nope, I'll do it myself. All right, Notre Dame at NC State coming up week two. That is a nooner, and I'm seeing Notre Dame minus seven and a half and a total at 50. Hmm. The way Hartman can sling it around, I guess they're saying NC State will put up at least some fight defensively. Uh, I will take the Irish to go in to Raleigh and knock off the Wolfpack on Saturday. So there you go, Skip. I talked about that. Um matt says talk about how the colorado transfer transfer got caught standing around in the first quarter saturday matt i I watched zero of that game Uh, i was watching east carolina and michigan on tv i had the youtube and facebook feed on the laptop i just i was unable to watch so i don't know what you're talking about Uh, i saw some highlights and i watched the last about four minutes of that game so if anybody could clue me in on what he's speaking of there i would appreciate it cl clip i want to hear your thoughts on the boneyard podcast aac current power rankings ecu listed at number six too high too low just right uh probably just right because i've got utsa one i'm gonna put utsa and tulane one a one b I'll put SMU right behind them. I'll put Memphis behind them. So we're already at four. And then it is a jumbled mess. What did FAU do week one? I probably, I got ECU at five. What did uh, the Owls do with Tom Herman? Because after my chat with Phil Steele, I started to get a little worried about them because uh, he really, uh, he said Tom Herman liked what he had returning. We know Tom Herman can win football games. You're going to find a lot of players down there in Boca Raton, mouth of the rat. Uh, FAU beat Monmouth 42-20. to Here's a problem, too. I heard Brandon Walker say this on his uh, college football show. If it's all about these, con- these TV contracts and the big conferences and all this stuff, give us something week one. Give us more than LSU Florida State. We had a lot of crap week one. And Ohio State played Indiana. And shout out Jamie. I heard that 
Ohio State, what they scored, 23 points? Is that right? Whatever it was, it was their lowest total against Indiana since the early 90s. So that was a conference game. You can't really, you know, get flagged for that. But like Alabama, Middle Tennessee, we just didn't have a lot of week one pizzazz. Florida stinks. On paper, Florida, Utah should be pretty good. It was not. USC rolled up 56 on San Jose. Virginia, Tennessee, there were years when that would be a good game. It is not in 2023 because Virginia is a joke. Oklahoma won 73 to nothing against Arkansas State. Give us some games. Give us some entertainment. I was uh, very underwhelmed by week one. Uh, David says, so App State will start their backup quarterback the next two weeks? I'm unfamiliar with uh, with that story as well. So what was that final? We were talking about that during the fifth quarter, App State and... Uh, and Gardner Webb, how did that one end up? Let me look up that one real quick. Uh, do we have an injury suspension? What do we got for their quarterback? So it ended up forty-five to twenty-four was the final App State over Gardner Webb. We'll see App State week three. We'll see uh, Gardner Webb in week four. App State played two quarterbacks: Joey Aguilar, four touchdowns, eleven of thirteen. Ryan Berger had one touchdown, 7 of 11, 70 yards. What is the App State quarterback situation? I am unfamiliar. Fill me in. This is why we do this segment. CL says, I say we're above Tulsa as well. Well, yeah. I got us above Tulsa. I got us at five. Oh. 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 Okay. Matt's talking about... Uh, soul. Yeah. Soul. Soul. Uh, they got caught standing around. Yeah, okay. Now, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about a current Buffalo, not a current Pirate. Yeah, left the game uh, with an injury. Uh, the lineman that went in for East Carolina, by the way, got hurt, came out. I understand he was dressed for the second half. Walt Stribbling. Stribbling. So, look, they're going to give us nothing injury-wise, the coaches. So, uh, we'll ask the questions tomorrow. But, yeah. That was uh, that was not pretty there early in that game. Uh, let's see. Starter hurt his hand, and the backup came in and threw four touchdowns. Okay, David. And they're playing Gardner-Webb, but still pretty impressive. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to see uh, what the QB situation is next week when East Carolina takes on Appalachian State. Jamie said the Hoosiers held their own. They play Ohio State, uh, played them well. Will says, after one week, do you think the Pirates will go over, under, five and a half wins? All right. Let's do the old Mike and the Mag Dog segment and pull up the schedule and uh, say win or loss. ECU's an underdog against Marshall. I say win. Win. ECU will probably, well, depending on this week and depending on the quarterback situation, be an underdog against App State. I'm going to say L. I'm going to say win. So I got us at one and two. Pirates beat Gardner-Webb to get to two and two. Pirates went on the road at Rice to get to three and two. Pirates lose at home on a Thursday night to SMU. Three and three. Pirates rip Biff a new new you-know-what and beat Charlotte. 
to get to four and three. Pirates lose on the road in the Alamo Dome to UTSA, and they're four and four. Pirates rise up rise. And, and beat Tulane at home to get to five and four. Pirates fall on the road to FAU to get to five and five. Pirates win at Navy to get to six and five on the year. Pirates close out the regular season with a win over Tulsa to get to seven and five on the season. Man, you asked me, I would say six wins as I go down the schedule there. Seven, but that includes a win Saturday and a win over Tulane. That my seven includes those. So could go a lot of different ways there. I don't really have a Mike Princess impression. Although, man, I really wanted to play. <laughs> There's a clip of him. And uh, as we get older, we always do this. There's a great clip of him the entire NFL season one year. Every time he'd bring up what week it was, he'd be like, we're already in week four. And he did it every week. And somebody spliced that clip together of Francesa going, are we already in week seven? Wow. It's already week nine. Week 12? When did it get to week 12? Uh, let's see. Eric is asking if uh, Coach Rick Smith has any comments on the defensive performance by ECU on Saturday. Fake Coach Smith, what do you got? Well, I thought the run defense was pretty good. And I thought our DBs had their own. Sometimes they were all over the receiver. But their athletic receivers were just going up and out manning our DB guys. But I thought Savon Revel looked good. Uh, but uh, – I, th- I mean, overall, I think we look pretty good. Thank you, Coach. But if I was the coach, we wouldn't have give up any points. <laughs> uh, Larry Williford, what's your prediction for ECU Marshall? Well, I mean, I think we can go. We can win about six games this year, I think. That's your prediction for ECU Marshall? Thank you. Uh, Thanks, Coach. I didn't hear you. Um, but, um, I can hear you loud and clear. I think we win. I think uh, <laughs> I think ECU wins it. I, I think uh, Larry's gonna get mad, and you know what? I don't care. He owes me a Farmville Central hat, so I don't care if he gets <laughs> mad. I don't care. All right, anyway, look, this is your segment. We're about to wrap it up. Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, Josh brought up something I haven't seen. Thank you, Josh, for this. Did you see? Did you see? Julio Urias got arrested after the Braves Dodgers game last night. Dodgers. Dodger. By the way, the Braves went to L.A., won three out of four. Ronald Acuna Jr. hit three home runs in those three wins for Atlanta to really cement themselves as the team to beat in the National League. Doesn't mean much for the postseason, but it means that this has been a hell of a year for Atlanta. And speaking of cementing themselves, and this is more like rubber cement, some of that instant stuff you can buy, not the professional grade cement but the baltimore orioles 85 and 8 and 51 the second best record in all of baseball the issue is they uh, are with the rays in that division who have 83 wins so the orioles can't quite shake them but man they have taken over first place early in the year and have not looked back O's two and a half game lead over the Rays for the best record in the American League. So 
as it sits right now, the Braves and the O's would be your number one seeds in the playoffs. Very, very interesting. Uh, Cass said, great segment clip. Hey, I'm thanking you guys. Well done. Jamie, Skip, Cass, Steve, Randolph, Pike, Eric, Chandler even wrote in your names on the Fleet Feet Rundown. Um, Big contribution from Will on uh, Facebook. Thank you, Will. As the late, great Jeff Charles would say, the guests make the show. There you go. Well, in this case, the listeners and commenters made the segment. That's right. Skip wanted to talk NC State football on a pirate show, and we did because that's what we do skip because it was for you it that was, was for you it was for you skip what's next you want to talk a little uh julius hodge herb Sendek, scott wood maybe talk a little andrew brackman uh let's get out of tony <laughs> hey you want to get out of tony right quick gary what do you think about the packs Man, win I, against uconn the other I, night i thought it was pretty electric and can't we can't wait to be back in carter family this saturday against the nerd day fighting Irish. And say first horizon, first down. Any thoughts on uh, case age red zone? Political. And of course, touchdown state. <laughs> touchdown state. I got. I tell you, Chandler, Brandon Armstrong. Sometimes it takes you a while to go into your impressions. You have to say a key word or something. Yeah. You dove right into damn Gary Hahn. Yeah. That was good. Case age red zone. That might be your your go to. All right, let's go down to Tony Haynes on the sideline. Let's go down to Tony. Tony, what do you got? Let's take a break. I'm up here with Johnny Evans. The Case IH Red Zone. Touchdown State! Johnny Evans' son came to Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. And said, watch this. And lit it up against the Pirates. That was sickening. NC uh, Pirates were a favorite that day. Wasn't he like the third or fourth string quarterback? Yes. And he came in and lit it up. That was disgusting. It's one of my least, my worst Dowdy Ficklin experiences. Nah, there's you were at the, you were there, yeah. What was it like? <laughs> it was not good. <laughs> it was maybe not as bad as uh, the '76 Navy laid on us. I left that game early. How was that that game? I did not take the game day pledge that day. I did because I stayed the whole game. Good for you. I, I still am, got that shirt. I'm out of there. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Cass said, "Remember Chuck Amato?" I feel like Chandler, you would do a good Chuck. <laughs> He's got to have like a high voice cracking pitch voice. And I need to do Mad Dog. I need to work on my Mad Dog. Like Mad Dog Russo? Yeah. All right. And I'll work on my Francesa. And apparently Jamie want, really wants me to get a Al Mogridge impression going. So I, Oh, my goodness. I've got to. I think I could do something with him. The Madman yeah. himself. Johnny says the Braves need to win on Sundays. They've lost five Sunday games in a row. All right. Take a break. Come back. Wrap up hour number two. Back with you after this.
You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Caliber, Eastern North Carolina's premier outdoor shooting sports store for over 60 years. Visit CarolinaCaliberCompany.com to shop today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Be sure to check out David Price Construction for all of your commercial or custom residential renovation and building needs. Run by ECU alumni, David Price Construction specializes in commercial projects, maintenance on facilities, and large-scale residential renovations and additions. David Price Construction, the proud ECU Home Services partner. Call them today at 919-291-5532 or visit them online at davidpriceconstruction.com. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All right. CL said, we're talking about Chuck Amato. He said, Chuck the chest. Ice. Ice. Eric said, Chuck Amato had some nice... Oh, I can't read that. Uh, we were watching CBS Sports HQ. They're talking fantasy football. That gets my blood pumping. Chandler, not a fantasy guy. Uh, but he did have a draft last night. So I thought this, uh, to wrap up the hour, we got Jason Nichols coming up. We'll talk pirate football in a moment. Let's uh, let's hear Chandler's team starting at quarterback. Who's your 12-team league. Is this a point per reception league, Chandler? No. Okay, standard league. Uh, quarterback. Kirk Cousins. Okay. So kind of uh I drafted him yesterday. Twelve team league. He's like quarterback eight to ten to twelve. So okay. Kind of a back end quarterback. All right. So that means you're gonna have some good running backs. Mm-hmm. Running back. Uh my running back, uh two Ant- running backs. Antonio Gibson. That's not good. Give me a good running back. All right, he's suspended the first three games by Alvin Kamara. Okay. He's on my bench. So, obviously. who else is starting with Gibson week one? Um, Tyler Algier. Oh, dear. Okay. All right, so you got to have some awesome receivers. Should I plug in Jarek McKinnon, who's on my bench? I don't know. You should probably just quit the league. Who's, uh, uh, <laughs> who's your receiver? I, I also have Chuba Hubbard. <laughs> okay, that doesn't matter at all. Um, let's see. All right, here's the names right here. Let's go. Give them to me. All right, receiver, Stephon Diggs. Dog. Rece- that's, that's right. Top of the line. All right. Receiver. DJ Moore. Dog. I like this. All right. Tight end. Hold on. Who's their other receivers? Oh. Uh, I got I drafted Hollywood Brown yesterday. Mm-hmm. Number one in a bad offense, but gonna get some uh all right. Uh Tyler Lockett. Yeah, yeah. What do you mean Tyler Lockett? Why do you say it like that? Most underrated guy in fantasy. Got Tyler Lockett. Yes. Um uh Adam Thielen. Yeah, okay. who bryce young liked in the preseason they All had right. a good connection i like your receivers okay tight end you gotta have a stud tight end because you got no running backs not a great quarterback so you gotta have a stud you gotta have a top three tight end oh boy who is it darren waller top three potential okay okay i can live with that D- darren waller and, and then my backup is tyler conklin with the jets okay shouldn't have mentioned that all right so that's the team um yeah that, okay. that's them now this Derek, is Derek Carr's my backup quarterback this is a league where you got a lot of keepers a lot of trades and picks and things like that so he didn't so like Gibson was your first round pick yesterday because there were so many players kept we yeah. keep like five guys a team right right or it, it it goes up every year so last year we kept six this year we kept seven Oh my God! So we're talking twelve times seven, and those guys are already gone. Yeah, and so, the, the running back room was slim pickings. Yeah, so I just went with uh, with Gibson. 
Who's y'all's number one guy? Well, it's, it's Brian Robinson and Gibson. Okay. But it's just a matter of... Now, if they throw the ball to Gibson like they say they are, he'll get you some points. Okay. And, uh, but... I don't know, man. I don't know what they're going to do as far as running goes. All right, let's take a break. When we return, Jason Nichols will join us. We will talk pirate football. We'll recap our day on Saturday. Look ahead to Marshall. If you got a question for the former pirate wide receiver and pirate coach, you can get that in on YouTube, Facebook, X, or give us a call, 317-1250. Happy Labor Day to you as well, Richard and Shane. Thank you, pal. We'll take a break. More to go after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Carolina Caliber has the area's largest selection of four outdoor shooting sports and accessories and is one of the top firearm dealers anywhere. At Carolina Caliber, they have everything you need for hunting, home defense, and personal protection, including a wide variety for ladies and youth. Carolina Caliber will buy, sell, and tra- uh, trade. Rather, uh, Carolina Caliber, locally owned and operated since 1960 on Fire Tower Road in Winterville and online at carolinacalibercompany.com. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. All righty, back with you, Pirate Radio Live here on a Monday. Game week, week two. Pirates and Thundering Herd of Marshall coming up this Saturday inside of Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. It is a 4 o'clock kickoff, so we will be with you at noon on the Bud Light pregame tailgate, taking you up to that kickoff, and then after the game, it's the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show, and former Pirate Jason Nichols got his first taste of game day from this side of it, and uh, Jason, I I said it off the air, I'll say it on the air, you were... uh, I think you were our MVP on Saturday. You you brought a ton to the the watch party, certainly, but pregame, postgame. Uh, it was great to have you here, and we appreciate it, and uh, looking forward to week two, man. Man, I definitely appreciate that. I, I enjoyed just hanging out, being around you guys, watching some football, and, and um, having a good time. It was fun, and uh, you got a little taste of the fifth quarter. I thought uh, a pretty tame fifth quarter. I thought pretty level-headed calls for the most part, and uh that, that you expect to, to go into Michigan, lose the game. So it didn't really – it wasn't an outcome that was not expected one way or the other. If the Pirates pull an upset, we have a wild, fun fifth quarter. If the Pirates get upset or they get or lose to Houston by 40 when we thought we'd have a game against them last year, that's when things go off the rails. So we'll see what happens moving forward. But how did you enjoy uh, hearing from the fans after the game, your first experience with that? It was good. It was good. Like you said, it was it was a pretty calm day. Um, nothing too outrageous, but I was prepared for the outrageous <laughs> if, it, if it showed up. Yeah. But uh, I, I thought the people that called in did a great job, and you know they they voiced their concerns or their pleasures or displeasures, and uh, it was a good opportunity to communicate with them. Absolutely. And uh, Kaz on YouTube says Jason is great. I definitely appreciate his insight. So uh, yeah, having you and uh, Marcus is awesome and. 
Chandler and myself kind of bringing the the fan perspective of it and then you guys uh, with all the X's and O's knowledge I think it's a pretty good mix and we'll be back with you this weekend doing it all over again on the pregame and postgame so Jason the, the big I guess discussion point coming out of that game is quarterback, quarterback. <laughs> what do you do with it what do you do moving forward uh, Donnie Kirkpatrick was on the Brian Bailey show earlier today. Shirley, can you hit cut two? Bailey asked him about, well, what's the plan for week two at quarterback? Here's what he said. After the game, Coach Houston said that maybe this is a team that will have two quarterbacks most of the year. Do you look at this week as a chance to see which quarterback plays better and that one starts? Or do you go into this week saying Mason's going to get the start again, three or four series in, we're going to go with Alex? Or, or what are your thoughts on as far as the quarterback position goes? Well, you know, we were we were in here discussing that early this morning about how we're going to play it out again and, you know, what we're going to do in practice, how we're going to rotate the guys. And, again, I don't know that uh, we have the total final decision. We're going to try to do what gives us the best chance to win. And uh, I do think it's okay to play more than one quarterback. I know some people probably agree with that. Some people don't. But, uh, you know, I, I think it is. Uh, I, I still remember winning the – the Hawaii Bowl that year when we had to play two quarterbacks. Yes, sir. It all kind of it all kind of started. So you, you don't do it a lot, you know. I, I wouldn't want to do it a lot, and I haven't done it a lot. But we'll do whatever it takes. I do think that there's some comfort in knowing that you do have more than one quarterback, though, that you believe in. I thought Alex did a really good job of coming off the bench the other day and giving us a little bit of a lift. He came in, he hit a couple throws. We moved the, all, the ball all the way down the field in, in that drive with him. Like I say, he had two balls that were dropped that he threw really, really great balls on. And I thought it gave us a little bit of a lift. At the same time, we came out in the second half and we didn't move it. We were a little disappointed in that drive. And, you know, I thought that Mason handled that well. It gave him the opportunity to get on the sideline and see the thing from a different angle and just to relax a little bit. And then when he came back in, I thought he really – had a good fourth quarter and uh, so that was encouraging so uh we'll we'll find that combination it's not like you're playing the non-conference games and they don't matter because they surely do but i do think that we'll have it worked out for sure by the time we do get into the conference play all right there is donnie kirkpatrick talking about what he saw from saturday and what that means moving forward and I don't know, Jason, sounds like that uh, we might see them both, and we probably will see them both again this Saturday. I think so. I mean, you know, you go back and you, like we said, at the end of the game on Saturday, like, I don't know if anybody just put themselves ahead of the other. Uh, They both came in and did some good things, and there's some things that they probably looked to clean up. Uh, But from the naked eye, not really understanding what they were trying to get done, I mean, they they both kind of did some good things. And I think Coach was right when um, – when they uh, brought Flynn in and was able to bring Mason out, it seemed like he came back into the game later on and, and was just a much more complete quarterback or not as pressured as he looked in the first quarter. So, you know, there's something to that. All right, um, Robert with a couple of questions. First of all, he says, the Miney Thundering Herd beat Albany by four on Saturday. How are they the favorite? I knew this question would come up today. <laughs> it reminds me of last year when Old Dominion beat Virginia Tech and then East Carolina was a pretty big favorite over Old Dominion the next week and people were like, what? They just beat Virginia Tech? And I remember saying, look, first of all, Virginia Tech's down. 
they were sold out hyped up for that game you can't just base everything off what happened the previous week now you can if this is week seven and you've got that sample size okay but marshall's coming off nine or ten wins last year they know how to win i think the line's a little too high in marshall's favor chandler saw it last at three and a half i thought that was a little much i i kind of liked when it opened up as a pick them um and again you have questions about this pirate offense so i could see a world where marshall's a favorite coming into east carolina maybe they have less questions right now than ecu does it is now down half a point it is at a three even yeah and that sounds about right and i think you'll probably get some ecu money coming in to to knock it down even more but jason uh, you know how do you respond to that question about marshall didn't like a world beater against albany week one but it's a new week what do you think about them being the favorite against the pirates well you know i I look at it from a different perspective too in the fact that those guys are going to watch film here today probably watched a little bit i know as a staff they watched some last night um after they got uh the game put to bed uh with michigan but um you know, you're going to look at that film and you're going to make your decision based off that. I mean, as far as the coaches are concerned, they're not going to worry about that spread because uh, that spread doesn't, doesn't really – I know for the fan it's an yeah. interesting point. As far as a coach, that, that means nothing to you. You just want to know what you got to go do with your football team and get them ready to go play and win this game at home. And uh, so I've never really looked at the spread. Uh, it never meant anything to me. So the Pirates played up, obviously, on the road at, at Michigan – and you could say Marshall maybe played down against Albany. Mm-hmm. Have you been in a circle in a situation where maybe you save some stuff <laughs> and you don't show everything week one if you think you can? You never want to go in a game saying we know we're going to win this game and all that, yeah. but you do maybe save a few things here and there, right? Well, they they might have wanted to plan on saving some things, but when you're talking about twenty one seventeen, that's true. I mean, they they probably had to shoot all the bullets there at the end <laughs> to make sure that they won that game. True. So I don't know how much they held out. Uh, when you look at the final score, but you're right. You never know. They might not have been excited to play uh, Albany. Right. Um, they'll be excited coming here, um, especially after we went up there in 21 and beat them late. So, um, you know, they'll be ready to play. They'll be up for us. My goodness, a wild one last time these two teams got together. East Carolina basically snatching a, a victory out of the jaws of defeat there late. Uh, Robert's other question. I'm going to try to make it sound less mean, Robert. Um <laughs> could ECU's offense be a little more less predictable? Robert's question was, uh, have you seen a more predictable offense than East Carolina? So I'm trying to clean it up a little bit. Uh, can they can they do some things uh, differently? Jason called it, by the way, first play of the game. Run, run to Rajay. Uh, can they do things to mix it up moving forward, Jason? I'm sure. I, I think when you're looking at it from a – game uh, plan type of situation when you're the offensive coordinator you're putting together your game plan you're always probably you know I don't know if Donnie does this or not but I know a lot of guys do they script those first 12 plays mm-hmm. right and so you know as you go throughout the year you should say okay we ran it on the first first play of the game this game let's boot off of it this game uh, let's go quick game here you know you, you want to try to mix up those first plays so that when they get their 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 stats that they're going to spit out once they break down your game it doesn't say that we're running the ball 100% of the time when we open the game or mm-hmm. we're running the ball 100% of the time 
on first down. So you want to do things to break tendencies as much as you can when you're the play caller. Jason Nichols joining us. Got a question for Jason. You can get it in YouTube, Facebook. Give us a call, 317-1250. Uh, we were talking about LSU, Florida State off the air, and I saw some amazing receivers drop some easy balls in that game last night. We also saw that on Saturday with ECU. My point is, it happens um, when Jari Patterson's uh, got one on third down in the bread basket, can't bring it in. Uh, Jalen had one punched out on the sidelines. As a former receiver, as a coach, uh, they are going to be frustrated when they see that. How do you clean that up? Is it all repetition? Is it you know? What do you do? It's repetition out of practice. It's living on that jugs machine. You're living on distraction drills where you're catching it and you're beating them with the bags. It's all those things that you're going to work on here. And and the game is eventually you know is going to slow down for everybody. You know that first game. Uh, everything is so sped up than what it really is in practice. And that's why you try to stress in practice how hard you got to go. Because when you get into the games, you know, that catch, and I used to say posing with it. When a receiver would catch and leave it out there and pose with it, I said, that's going to be incomplete come Saturday because that DB is going to come right (laughs) and and knock it out. So it's, it's all those little things that you're coaching up. Now you can go back and sit in that game film room and say, hey, that's why I've been harping on you about making sure that you run your right at the right depth, uh, tuck the ball away, look the ball in, all those different things that you do as a coach. I'm pretty sure today they got some film to say, this is why I'm coaching you to do it this way. A few things we liked on Saturday, Jason, certainly uh, the young Javius Bond. And uh, he has a burst that uh, a lot of guys don't have. I'm not going to say it's a Keaton Mitchell burst because we got to see a lot more of them before we start using that name. But uh, he has got some wheels, and uh, he made a, a nice catch and run, I believe, on a third down play uh, that, that really opened some eyes on Saturday. Well, you know, part of these early games are finding out what your play, who your playmakers are and what are they going to do for you in the game. I mean, you know, I'm sure he probably showed some glimpses throughout camp and all that good stuff. That's why everybody's uh, excited about him. Now you just want to see how he was going to show up on a true, you know, the lights are on. It's a true game day atmosphere. And uh, would the moment be too big or not? You don't ever know that until they get out there and truly start playing. Sometimes you can sense it in a guy just throughout camp and throughout practice, but the game day is the telltale sign. And for that young man to step up and make some plays, I'm pretty sure they'll, they'll start finding a way to get him the ball a little bit more. The more you produce, the more they're going to try to get you the ball. One thing I was really excited about Saturday, and I may be off you coaches like to go back and watch film before you comment on anything. We you know, didn't have that luxury, just watched it live on TV. But I thought the tackling for week one especially – was pretty pure for East Carolina, pretty solid. And sometimes that takes a while to get going because you don't tackle as much nowadays in practice. But I thought that ECU was pretty physical there and uh, and, and made a, a lot of good one-on-one tackles on Saturday. And you, you hope to see that moving forward. No, I, I thought so too. I thought the defense played pretty well. I know we, you know, everybody was a little disappointed in, in some of the third downs not being able to get off the field with third and longs. But, you know, they, they had great protection. Um, we just couldn't quite get there on Saturday. Um, you know, and so it happens. I mean, it's, it's hard to go out there and cover a guy for a long time in that back end. So, yeah. uh, and I'm sure as we, you know, the competition comes back to us, we'll be able to win some one-on-ones up front and and, and get to the quarterback and, and make that quarterback feel uncomfortable back there. I don't know if we really did a, a good job of making them uncomfortable on Saturday. 
Yeah, and and back to the quarterbacks real quick, as Robert points out, Donnie Kirkpatrick mentioned Garcia missed a few RPOs, and that's something that comes from experience probably in a game when you're facing those live bullets, as you say. Uh, some of our runs should have been passes, vice versa, and that's, that's all going to come with experience. Now, if you're rotating quarterbacks in and out, it's going to take even longer maybe to get that experience, but looks like that's where we are right now. But that that's a, an interesting point too where if you're that that signal caller that leader out there you gotta first of all do all your pre-snap stuff and then after the snap gotta figure out what to do with it man rpo is it, it puts a lot on quarterbacks now uh, me and marcus was having that discussion in here on saturday just talking about it um you know some guys i've been in an offense where it, every play was an rpo and i just thought that was too much when you're asking a quarterback on every play to make the right decision not that you don't ask him on every play but you're making sure you're reading the right guy whether i'm pulling it whether i'm throwing it um sometimes you just want to say you know what let's hand it off right let's take that RPO <clears throat> off let's hand it off or let's just play action and get you out of the pocket and and put it on the perimeter. You know, especially with a guy like like Mason, man. I, I mean, he's going to do a lot of damage when he breaks the pocket with how big he is and how he can run. Axel uh, says, is uh, Mike Houston regretting not getting Mason and company any playing time at the end of last year? Look, I, I said last year I would have liked to seen him in if the game was out of reach, certainly, but even like the third series of the game, that goes back to something we've talked about, Jason, that you like, that you've done at some of your previous stops as a coach, where you get the backup a series to, to get them out there, get them in a real game situation, and last year is gone. We can't do anything about it now. I've said last year I wish uh, we would have seen some Mason Garcia mixed in with Holt Nailers, but nothing you can do about it now. I mean, no, I mean, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Um, you know, last year, I'm sure Coach Houston was playing to win and, and all that great stuff. So uh, sometimes with, with that, when that is the case, you may not think about, hey, I need to get Mason. You know, they, they might have had plans to get him in. It just didn't work out. I feel like it was discussed by the coaches that they wanted to and for whatever reason couldn't find the right moment or time or situation to get him in. So. Man, I, I've been there. I've been there yeah. where you're like, hey, I'm trying to get – all you guys playing time, but you get into the game, it just doesn't happen that way. Robert said, it looked like our linebackers were spying QB and not able to drop back into coverage to help. The quarterback was known for big runs, um, I guess out of pass plays. I, that's above my pay grade, Jason. You know, <laughs> notice anything that uh, had a lot of guys running uh, free in the secondary. You mentioned it earlier, though, when you have time, yeah. that's, uh, that's a lot of time for a, a DB to cover a receiver. Well, whether or not they were spying the quarterback, I'm not sure. If I, you know, if he was really dynamic in the run game when he pulls the ball down, you might have somebody to spy him. I think it was probably more we were committed to stopping the run. And, right. and I think that's why we didn't see our backers maybe sometime be able to get underneath some of those intermediate throws in the middle of the field. But, um, you know, that's, that's, that's all – fine and dandy when we're sitting here in this chair it's, it's difficult to say because if we hand that ball off and that running back's breaking through for 30 yards we're, we're going to be upset about that too so uh, I think you did what you had to do stop the run and if they can beat us throwing the ball so big I'm certainly I, I have no room to be upset about what the defense did because going into the game I was terrified that they were going to just pound the ball for eight yards a carry and maybe hit a couple of play action bombs over the top or something uh but i said hey let, let's sell out and make this guy beat us with his arm guess what 26 to 30 
three touchdowns, 280 through the air, and they ran the ball for 122 yards as a team. So they said, we're going to we're gonna do a good job against this run. They did, and J.J. McCarthy uh, looked like the most accurate quarterback in college football on Saturday. You know what you do? You tip your hat off to them and say, yeah. good luck with the rest of the season. <laughs> they, they beat you one way. It's, it's hard to do. It's hard to go out there and throw that ball around all the time and beat you, especially the way that they want to beat you because they do want to hand that ball off right. and make you pay. All right, let's uh, take a break. We'll come back more with Jason Nichols. If you want to ask any more questions to uh, Coach Nichols, you can do that. And uh, I want to look around some other games, talk a little NFL as well before we get out of here on this Monday, and we'll make you a winner. Still a lot to go here on Pirate Radio Live. We're back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Orthopedics East and Sports Medicine has been caring for Pirate Nation and the student-athletes at East Carolina University for more than 35 years and are the official team physicians for ECU. Orthopedics East provides a variety of general and specialized operative and non-operative orthopedic services to meet the needs of the patients in Eastern North Carolina. For more information, call 757-2663 or visit orthoeast.com. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. All righty, back with you, Pirate Radio Live, looking at the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by DaBuck. DaBuck. CL asking, can Duke win tonight at home? That's question one. Question two is, can they cover? I don't think they win no tonight. No. Yeah, I would like to see a good game, but I don't know. I like Clemson this year. What do you think, uh, Jason? Man, I, uh, if Clemson's going to have a chance, they better stomp Duke tonight because okay. I'm telling you, that Florida State <laughs> really, really good. And I wonder if Davo and the coaches look at that last night and say, we need to put on a little show. Well, whether or not you say you put it on the show, we need to go out here and play well. Yeah. And then and, and and leave no questions when we walk off this field who's the better football team. That one got out of hand last night. Uh looked like LSU. They went right down the field early, had it first and goal, didn't get in. At that point, I said this one's over. Uh, but LSU weathered the storm, took a 14-7 to lead, I believe, before Florida State scored and then – I uh, really took over that game, but you want to talk about some NFL talent? It was on the field last night. That that receiver is it Coleman yes. that they got from Michigan State yes. for Florida State. That dude is a stud. Man, he showed his catch and run ability, but he also forget that throw him the fade and and, <laughs> and let him go up and get it. He caught. I think he did have three, Jason, because he had the catch and run and two fades. I yes. want to say yes. I mean, he had a big night. I mean, that's the way you show up when you when you come in as a transfer, right? And shaky quarterback play. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to – I was thinking about this this weekend, Jason. Like these quarterbacks that you're Drake Mays. Rattler's not in that category probably. But then Travis and Daniels last night, man, they all showed that they are they're really good QBs. But we saw some picks. We saw some terrible decisions by Travis that really could have burned them. But Drake May the other night had two interceptions. So – 
I don't know. I, I don't know how to judge these guys. I guess I expect them to go out there and be perfect. And <laughs> it's not a video game. It's real life with real people out there, you know. And having to make real decisions in a short amount of time. Yeah. And, but the biggest thing, though, with Travis, because you're right, I was watching that. I was like, man, you got to take care of the ball because he easily should have had at least two more interceptions. That uh, one in the end zone where he just floated up yeah. and the two linebackers are right there. <laughs> Goodness gracious. You can't do that. Yeah. So, uh, hey, everybody's learning on the fly, week one. And, uh, look, the the biggest standout week one, the, the Florida State beatdown certainly mm-hmm. is going to raise a lot of eyebrows. But we didn't get to watch it because we were watching ECU Michigan and live on our Celsius watch party. But we were following the, the pinball game that was TCU and Colorado going back and forth. And, and then afterwards, Jason, we got to take a look at the numbers. Shadur Sanders – uh, goes for over 500, four touchdowns, no interceptions. And then you've got the kid. I, I've never seen anything like uh, the kid going both ways for Colorado. Mm-hmm. He's not just a, a gadget receiver. He's basically their number one, Travis Hunter. 11 catches, 119 yards. Played how many plays, Chandler? It was around 125 snaps. About 60 on offense, 50 on defense. At receiver and corner where you're running All the time. down the field. I, that, <laughs> this is like uh, Otani stuff. Like, like, we don't see this stuff. Or like Pop Warner, like a kid. Yeah, a right. Star kid on the Pop Warner team. High school. Mate, you, yeah. you see it up until high school. You can see a kid that's dynamic that can go both ways, but not, not on the college level and surely not in the NFL. But, God, I mean – you're thinking right now if he does go what do you draft him as do you draft him as a receiver or you draft him as a db because he could do either one for you Deion sanders was on the pat mcafee show today and said that he's a number one pick both on the offensive <laughs> side of the ball and the defensive side i agree Deion is a coach hall of fame player hype man agent he is everything he's trying to get him paid and but how sustainable is that playing travis hunter that many plays you, you won't do it in the nfl i mean they might i'm talking play. about this year in college can he do it how long will he last in college doing it you know what until he tweaks a hamstring or something like that because this you got to be careful now it's, it's still hot out here and yeah he can you know I, I think that's why the tcu coach said they were better hydrated than us or something like that too a better nutrition than us uh during the at the end of the game or whatnot because that kid was able to play on both sides of the ball the entire game uh i don't know i don't know if i would want to do that um you know the whole year i think you want to pick some moments for him to do that for you for sure uh chandler you know the leading tackler for colorado was uh no shallow sanders Dion's other kid yeah <laughs> i mean number 21 yeah. no wonder he was talking so much junk after the game and look it, this is america where we we like an underdog and and then they were 21 point underdogs we celebrate them now we're waiting for the downfall and it'll probably happen and they're going to lose and everybody's going to say see i told you so and then then we're going to do that back and forth (laughs) uh but for one week dion is talking his talk and now they got nebraska rolling in and uh, we'll see what happens with that one on saturday yeah, I tell you what, this this is the test right here, what type of team they're going to be because they won a big game and they've got a lot of publicity this past weekend. Now, if you ingest it, it'll kill you. If you just go ahead and just let it go and move on and truly say, hey, our focus is on Nebraska, they got a chance to be a good football team. So this is a big, big game for those guys. Good point. You hear about that 24-hour rule to get over it or to move on. And, and when you're – 
you do what you did on saturday in fort worth that's a tough one to move on from so we'll see if they can do it yeah. at practice this week uh just looking around some other games usc 56 to 28 over san jose state caleb williams says it's, it's my heisman and so until somebody takes it from me uh 18 to 25 278 four touchdowns pretty economic economical day mm-hmm. for him at quarterback um oh let's see other top 25 action really nothing really stood out penn state pulled away late from west virginia 38 to 15 washington laying 56 on boise kind of opened your eyes because boise's no pushover yes uh big one there 49 uh, with Hendon Hooker gone at Tennessee, no problem. Joe Milton, uh, 49 points for Tennessee against Virginia. Uh, I don't know. Anything else stand out to you? That the, the thing that stood out to me Saturday night with North Carolina, South Carolina, North Carolina's defense showing up. That's been their, their bugaboo, Jason. They have a ton of sacks, a ton of tackles for loss, and that was the difference in that game the other night. No doubt. I, I, I totally agree because I, I remember watching those guys a little bit last year, and their defense was suspect at best and so they've done a good job of whatever they've done over there this year uh to get that fixed they've done a good job with it mentioned clemson duke tonight about the former clemson tiger signal caller dj out in uh at oregon state they roll up 42 on san jose state and beat them 42 to 17 all right so uh it was a bit of a lackluster week one i thought overall we had that great colorado tcu game uh, I did say put a star on Fresno State Purdue, and that was a good game. And Fresno State went in there and won that one, but just uh, not a lot of classic games finishes. Now week two, you've got Bama and Texas coming up, yes, which people are going to highlight that one. Uh, NC State and Notre Dame, hmm. you giving the pack any chance to to beat the Irish in Raleigh? Not with that quarterback that I seen from Notre Dame, Sam Hartman. He looks like he's the real deal too. You mentioned, you asked a question about Tulane, and I think it's a valid question, and I asked it to myself this offseason. You know, can they repeat what they did a year? How do they bring that back, sustain it from last year? Uh, so far, so good. Look good against South Alabama. They got Ole Miss coming to town. Lane Train just rolled up 70 some points. 73 against Mercer. Wow. Uh, so they're going to be packed there. In, uh, that one is in Yolman Stadium, I believe. Yeah, in New Orleans. So, so they have a sellout for the first time. Yes, sir. They will be there ready for that one. Uh, so that's coming up 3.30 ESPN2. At the same time, Texas A&M, Miami, and Iowa, Iowa State. Pretty good 3.30 window coming up Saturday. That'll, that'll be a good little uh, day to be able to – well, we won't be able to see We'll be watching ECU. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Texas-Bama is at 7, so we'll be able to catch that one during the postgame show. Uh, late night, I do like uh, – there was one game late night that I jotted down. Uh, it was Oklahoma State, Arizona State. That could be a fun one late coming up on Saturday night. Um, but, yeah, as far as the the AAC goes, somebody asked earlier, Jason, who looks like the front runner after one week? I had UTSA going into the year. If I had to just base it off of week one, I would say – Tulane back in their number one spot. Mm-hmm. Very disappointed in UTSA. In fact, you talked about you uh, played against them last year at Army, mm-hmm. and uh, they were able to escape. But uh, you've got Memphis who beat up on a lesser opponent. SMU put up a, a pretty good amount of points in their game against Louisiana Tech. Mm-hmm. So uh, those are your kind of top four right now in the American. East Carolina, FAU, some other teams right behind those teams. 
Yeah, I think I think we're sitting right where we need to. Um, this week could tell you a lot about Tulane too, because you know it's one thing when you're the hunter. Now you're the hunted, you know. And I know people have heard that that uh, phrase before. You know, you're number twenty four. I think they are in the country, and so yeah. you know, Ole Miss is going to show up and they're ready to play. They can beat those guys, and they might be for real. Robert, uh, you're right. Wyoming and uh, Texas Tech was an awesome finish. Tech, uh, I think Wyoming was down. 10 17 points came back won it uh in overtime and that was a good one on cbs late night on saturday night so you're right there was a a good finish there all right shirley Rhodes, let's open up the booty bag make somebody a winner i want to talk uh we're gonna give it away now give it away give it away now give it away give it away give it away now all right there you go shirley what are we giving away on this Monday? Why don't we, since, you know, people are going to probably be watching this Clemson-Duke game somewhere, mm-hmm. why don't you uh, have lunch for two at Tiebreakers? And you can uh, check out Tiebreakers and watch uh, games there sometimes. They have. That was a really bad yeah, that connection was, there. That was a little rough. But you know what? I went around my elbow to get my thumb, and I missed completely. Sorry. You did a lot of talking on Saturday, a lot of produce i'm gonna i'm gonna touch this a lot slide. of banner hanging surf uh, chair surfing <laughs> that's right you know what jason i'm gonna take away your mvp <laughs> give, it to shirley. And give it to shirley for her hanging that banner and literally chair surfing across the studio that was pretty impressive shirley i was like standing in the chairs like uh, i don't want to get out of this chair just push me <laughs> <laughs> all right what call are we looking for uh i'm gonna go with caller eight today all are eight three one seven twelve fifty back with more See, uh, we'll still answer your questions, but I want to get a little uh, NFL talk in here, too. Week one coming up with Jason Nichols. More to go after this. Sunday, bloody Sunday. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Quality Equipment is your full-service John Deere dealer with 28 locations to serve you. Quality Equipment is open in Winterville next to Sam's Club, or you can visit qualityequip.com to find the location near you. And congratulations to Randy Hobbs of Winterville. Picked up lunch for two at Tiebreakers. Tiebreakers is open every day at 11 a.m. and is the best place to watch your favorite sports while enjoying the best wings in town along with sandwiches, appetizers, cold beer, and more. Follow Tiebreakers on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates. Tiebreakers in Greenville at Bells Fork and in downtown Winterville on Railroad Street. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All right. Got to give Tiebreakers their props. Not only from a TV setup perspective, probably the best sports bar in town, I'll say. But it's also a great restaurant. Awesome food. I was just there yesterday, as a matter of fact. So many options. If you're looking for something a little off the radar, I would go cheesesteak and a wrap. Chicken cheesesteak and a wrap, perhaps. Chandler's a wings guy. What'd you eat, Shirley? Salad? I went... Well, normally I do have the salad, and I enjoy the salad, but uh, after a very stressful week, I said, you know what? It's going to be my cheat day, so I went the classic bacon cheese fries, heavy Mm. on the ranch. Yeah. Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah. 
All right. I might have to get some of those. Jason, uh, tiebreakers on Sunday? Sunday. I already put it on the calendar. Uh, I got to approve. We're going to have to separate Chandler and Jason. <laughs> Falcons, Panthers. J. Nick versus Chan Man. Week yes, one. Falcons versus Panthers. Showdown. Dirty bird. <laughs> I, hey, are you going to be uh, wearing some Falcons gear? No. Oh. No. I'll, well, I'll, I, can't, I'll, I, I could. I think I do have a Falcon shirt somewhere in the house. I've, I've got my Luke Keekley jersey ready to go. You need to get you a prime jersey back yeah, in the day. Yeah, that's true. You're going Keekley? Yep. That's my go-to. I don't know if I'm going to go low-key or if I'm going to pull out the John Riggins jersey for Sunday. Come I'm on, sure it's week one. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure yet. All right. Uh, looking forward to that. Before we uh, look at some matchups, week one of the NFL uh sean says we got a real chance to get to three and one this year well got a chance to get to one and three two and two <laughs> but to your point man you win you beat marshall at home saturday you, you definitely ride some momentum into app state uh the following week but this is the game i've had circled since the schedule came out and not to like say it's lose and the season's over because obviously it's not you haven't even gotten to conference play but you're trying to get to six, seven, eight wins. This is one of them. You got to win this one. Yes. The big one. Yes. Ah, we'll talk more about it leading up to it. How you feeling uh, early in the week, Jason? We'll get your final thoughts on it Saturday on the pregame. But uh, Marshall, ECU, how you feeling right now? You know what? I, I feel pretty good, to be honest with you. Just watching what we did um, versus Michigan. I know we weren't too excited with how the offense played, but th- they're going to they're gonna find their, their rhythm. They'll find their groove. They'll find the guy that's going to lead them. Um, whether it's both of them or not, um, but they'll find that groove. It'll slow down. I mean, like it, it's hard to really judge that offense when you're playing that that caliber of a uh, team and they're that big, you know. So defensively, man, we we flew around. I, I tell you, yeah, we we were long. We did fly around. We made plays. Yeah, we gave up something in the passing game, but uh, part of that is because we just couldn't get to the quarterback. So. And uh, Siobhan Revels play in the end zone. Still thinking about that. Well, that was pretty. Man. And. Uh, yeah, next one he's gonna get onto his hands on and pick it hopefully but he will some signs uh to be excited about and that's what gets a stadium going that's when a game gets fun when your defense is flying around when you get those third downs that's when the stadium the place gets bumping no doubt no doubt defense helps you win championships josh says what's everybody's tailgate meals for saturday he's doing pulled beef sliders with homemade coleslaw and mac and cheese man <laughs> all right i don't know uh what our plan is i know it's gonna be good uh, and we were fed good this past week weren't we jason man I, I i tell you what man that was good from the harveys to the fifth street hardware to the wings over greenville Ooh. um we were taken care of and some nice celsius to wash it down with uh, oh, it was God. uh that made you feel good yes sir it was a big day and uh, we're gonna have another one coming up this saturday uh we got jamie the colts fan pulling out uh his wardrobe for the weekend he said he'd normally go jonathan taylor jersey but not this year he's going to the old ty hilton all right and he said his son uh has the uh, anthony richardson jersey ready to go i'm interested to see uh ar coming up on sunday uh let's look at the so jason we did this last week i'll give you the best game of each window okay for the by the way uh, thursday night and we have the game here for you on pirate radio lions at chiefs i've asked everybody what do you what's your take on the the lions getting a little spotlight here it's kind of a unique matchup and to see the lions on national tv we're not used to it what do you think about it man i mean it's it's their time right now i tell yeah. you this they, they had a good a good season i know they didn't make it to the playoffs but for them they had a great season 
looking at the one o'clock window you've got division games which are always interesting panthers falcons Bengals, browns i'll throw jags colts in there but i'm not that interested in it but ar makes it a little interesting mm-hmm. uh but my game of that early window is 49ers steelers mm-hmm. um I, I just i like the matchup total is 41 so they're not expecting a ton of points in that one i think that there is potential for the steelers kind of looked at as a boring team handed to Najee and run the ball jalen warren but i think with pickett and pickens and johnson at receiver uh even Fryermuth that tied in like I, I feel like their offense could might get it going this year i'm intrigued by that matchup i think so man I, i've been impressed with that receiver up there man he's he's doing a heck of pickens a yes Pickens. he is a playmaker a lot of fun to watch uh so that's my best game in the one o'clock window the four o'clock window um couple of options here i'm gonna go dolphins chargers a that there's just a ton of speed on the field two quarterbacks that can sling it a lot of playmakers um beautiful jersey matchup you're gonna have a lot of colors on your tv uh but other nominees there packers bears is a, a great week one game because it's the vikings division with the lions coming and where do the packers and bears stand right now in that nfc north so that's gonna put one one of those teams ahead Jordan Love, uh, Justin Fields. Yeah, that's a big game coming up in Soldier Field. I think so. That, that'll be a good match. And Eagles-Patriots, expecting the Eagles to kind of run away with it, but that one also in that window. Sunday night, you get your traditional NFC East matchup, like always, Cowboys-Giants. And then a good one on Monday night, Bills-Jets. Where do you stand on Rodgers and the Jets? Are they a playoff team or are they the same old Jets? What do you think, Jason? I think with Rodgers, I give them the nod to be a playoff team. I mean, I think like most people, what, what's the biggest thing they worry about going into the draft? Can we find a quarterback? Uh, you have a quarterback, you have a chance. And I think with Rodgers, you're going to have a chance. They played heck of a defense there last year. Yeah. They were really good on defense. I didn't know all that till I heard a statistic uh, earlier. And um, But I, I think I, the Jets are going to be something to reckon with. Garrett Wilson about to blow up. If he hasn't already, a wide receiver, he's going to have a huge year. They got Brees Hall, and I'm interested to see how they fit in Dalvin Cook. Remember, they brought him in. So they have uh, they got a few weapons for Rodgers, a strong defense, but they are in a tough division, and it starts week one, Monday night, against those uh, Buffalo Bills. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. You're ready to wrap things up here on a Monday edition of Pirate Radio Live. We're back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. All right, the crazy life of an NFL player. Holt Naylor's has experienced that already in his young football career. Uh, He was waived added to the practice squad waived again uh but they announced today he has re-signed with the team to the practice squad so uh there you go whole nailers congratulations 
too old. Jason, uh, how about your post-ECU uh, career? Did you play professionally yeah, anywhere? I, I was in the CFL. I uh, was up there with the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and then I did a, a year and also uh, with the Arena Football League. And at that point, man, it was too much. It's a lot of that right there. A lot of musical chairs, man. Yeah. Wanted something a little more stable. Something more stable. I got out of it at that point. Yeah, 10-4. And, uh, but, hey, good for holding. Isaiah Winstead on the practice squad. Ryan Jones and Keaton Mitchell. Hopefully we'll see him returning the kick or two and uh, maybe playing some running back for the Ravens in week one. That'll be, be awesome. All right, you Jason. Will not. He is on injured reserve. Oh, yep. thank you so, for that update. Yeah, he. Uh, that was over the weekend. I think he was placed on IR. So you're telling me I can hope in one hand and you know what in the other. Yes. And okay, Pretty much. Right. See which one feels up first. Yeah, uh, but um, he, he'll miss four the games. <laughs> wow. Way to way to jump. Okay. Is, it, is now which one of y'all's right? Was that four or three? I thought it was three. It's four. Google okay. it up. Okay. I, I trust her. <laughs> okay. Google it up. Good tag team there, guys. Uh, Jason, we'll talk to you Saturday. Final thoughts, ECU Marshall. Uh, your Pirates final win. thoughts on it. Pirates win. Pirates win. Simple enough. Get that first W of the year. Yep. I guess that means we're going to get our first touchdown of the year. Still waiting on that. There you go. We got to get in that end zone. There you go. And get us a dub. Jason, enjoyed it, man. We'll uh, talk to you Saturday on the Bud Light pregame tailgate and the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter calling show. Likewise. All right. We'll... Uh, See you fine folks coming up Tuesday at 3 o'clock for an all-new edition of Pirate Radio Live for Shirley Roach, Chan Mann, Jay Nick, the crew here. I am Clip Rock. Jeff Charles, take us home. Have a great night, Eastern Carolina. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.